steal and bring me around a jammies and hug me up. Front of all type of people around a jammies and say, oh, Look at brother. I am come around the business, you know, you know, when we bring them, we bring them in. Conley was the genius behind mm -hmm. um, the mixing of the record. He was the one that came up with make them. All them, I never did none of that. That is the mix that created that. No people even know that me and Mavard have a combination. Firelings, record, Mavard and Mr. Pepper from the global rhythm. Me know of Vibes Cartel and I interact with Vibes Cartel from Vibes Cartel was Vibes Cartel with three people. From and Adibantan was just Adibantan. Cartel is just a very competitive artist. And um, if, if you is the next thing coming, believe me, and he's there, you, you, you will have him to contend with. This particular individual, the department, the same, Gully Slime Rhythm, with Gangsta Gorilla the fan. He more a conversation with my manager on a plane. And from that day, <laughs> that was the beginning of the ending of me and Natural Bridge Record. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two-Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. You know we have in the building today? We have the gangster gorilla Mr. Pepper in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss? That's better. I mean, I say, yo, you done, you know, big up yourself, Muscle. And big up all of the listeners, them, all of the streamers, them, all of the subscribers, them, of the Entertainment Report podcast. You don't know this is a worldwide platform and it's an honor to be a part of it. So, you know, we're going to have some real interesting conversations today. And you don't know, I look forward to the viewership and the, the response that the fans have, you know, based off of the vibes and stuff. But, you know, I've been really respecting this platform and it's an honor to be a part of it right now. Thank you so much, because I know somebody like you, it's going to be a real interesting conversation because I know there's a lot more about you that people don't really realize that we're going to get into in this conversation, really show them who Mr. Pepper is. You understand? That's better. Yeah, man. All right. So Jamaica, what part of Jamaica did you grow up in? So I basically grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, you know, the part of Kingston, Jamaica, a place called Bedward Pastors, and, but it was popular and known in, in, in my growing up time as Dreadites. And um, Dreadites is a place that is, um, was heavily populated by the Rastafarian community from the 12th tribe of Israel and a lot of Naya Bingi and a lot of Bobo, um, you know, in the region and stuff. So it was a, a, a very high Rastafarian, you know, um, community. And um, it's nestled between um, Augustone and um, the University Hospital and Tavern and Kentaya. Tavern and Kentaya, you know, you find Sizzla and Capleton. Um, I mean, Ronid and Capleton and Assassin. And um, also you have artists like um, uh, Simpleton and them artists that come from them places there. And you know, Sizzla, they write down by Augustone. And even the same Bedwood Pastors, where is people know it as Dreadites, is, is where Etana hail from also too. So, you know, it's a very vibrant, religious, musical in era that I grew up in, you know, and um, being grown, growing up in the Rasta um, community is, it, it, it's a very family-like type of upbringing, you know, so um, yeah, it's very interesting. It was very interesting growing up, you know, so Papi in Kentaya, Augustone, you know, Dreadites, all them places, Monaites, all of them places, these places where we consider, you know, home ground. 
right there. And even growing up then in the household, did you have any other brothers or sisters that you grew up with in the household at that time there? Yeah, well, in my immediate household, there was me and my brother, my younger brother and younger sister. But um, we were part of the clan, you know, because my mom had 11 of us, um, six sisters and five uh, and five boys. So, um, but, but I was the first for my dad and I was the ninth for my mom, but the first for my dad. So I was the oldest in the household. And at the time, but I had uh, older brothers and sisters that was very frequent in our household because they were living in nearby communities. And, um, you know, so the family was in close contact all the time. Right there. And then you being the oldest in the house, even though, yeah, you have older brothers and sisters and stuff like you being the oldest in the house, basically you being the, the, not even the man of the house, but you in charge as in the other kids and stuff. What did you think you were going to get into? Because remember now, everybody's looking up to you now to see what moves you're going to make as an older sibling. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and it, that was so right. Because, I mean, I, I remember like as kids, you know, we, you know, we were boys and, you know, troublesome kids give trouble, get into little troubles and stuff at home. And when my, my, my dad would um, like, would spank me and my brother, he would tell my brother, like, stop following. You must have a mind of your own. Stop following your brother. But my little brother was looking up to me. But, but um, you know, but um, growing up, I wanted to be a, a soldier. I wanted to be in the JDF, the Jamaica Defense Force, because of my uncle. I had an uncle that was one of my favorite, and he was very frequent by our house, especially when he's on the road patrolling and stuff. He would drive the Jeep by, and he would come with the other squad of them and all that stuff. So that inspired me to be to be a soldier and, and and I was so intent on that from primary school in Jamaica that I was quite aware that cops um boy scout was not like the army and I never joined boy scout because I'm like no nah, man that that's not it they wear shorts and they wear blue my uncle wear camouflage and fatigues <laughs> and that this is not it so I never entered boy scout I'm like nah I'm a real soldier <laughs> so when I started going to high school, then I went to Cadet because he had the green denim and all that stuff. So, uh, and then at that time of my upbringing, we, we, we were brought up in a very poor environment. You know, we were very poor. We were born in Bordeaux, zinc roof. You know, we have um, rainwater that we use, utilize rainwater. We had to go to the community um, pipe standpipe to go and catch water to take a shower and stuff and all that stuff so that was yeah the the, the type of environment to grow up the type of levels of poverty but despite all of that my mom and my dad being rastafarian and very um intelligent people were very adamant about we being educated and you know being students of academics you know so reading because i never had tv because there was no electricity so reading and the radio was the main source of any type of entertainment. So we, we knew all new music. We knew when every station first came on the air. And then I was basically uh, a walk-in library. Like, like in the weekends, my mom and my dad never let you out in the streets to play. So our entertainment was just reading. I read books two, three, four times. I read every ingredients and on, 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 on the milk tins and on the boxes and all them stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, reading was the thing that captivated me at the time. And then I was reading a lot of Ardebus and Nancy Drew, and these were teenage detectives. 
So that even inspired me even more to be in law enforcement. So it was either I, I'm in the army or I'm going to be a detective because I saw a detective once and he was dressed in his jewelry and his chains and his cell phone. And I was like, and he has a service pistol on his waist and his sneakers. And I'm like, yo, who is this dude? And one of my friends is saying he's a detective. And I'm like, detective? Oh, like Frank and Joe in the Arda Boys? Okay. All right. I'm on to this. So it was between being a soldier and, you know, being a detective, you know, to, 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 to be in law enforcement, but not in uniform. Got you. So that time there, you said you, you're the oldest in your family. You have your mother, your mother and your father in the house. So what were your parents into? What kind of, were they working or what were they doing at that time there? Yeah, so uh, my mom was very active in the 12th tribe of Israel organization. She's, she's what would you call an executive. So an executive in that time would be like the company and it has a board of directors. So she was the executive where she was the head of a particular tribe, which is the tribe of Zebulun, because she's, she's born in September. So she, she, she's the head of the tribe of Zebulun. And um, so she was very active in the 12th tribe of Israel. And she was also a singer in the group within the organization, a group called Danuts and the Sears. So she was part of the Sears and they toured all over the world and, um, and doing basically the Rastafarian work, you know what I say? So that was my mom's passion. My mom, I never knew my mom doing a nine to five, never before. She was always dedicated to the 12th Tribe of Israel organization, which was quite busy at the time and functioning worldwide. So um, their duties were very far and wide, all over Africa, Europe, England, etc., the Caribbean. And then my dad, he, he, my dad is a, a trademan. So the man, they are carpenter and, and mason. So he, he was basically a builder. So my mom and my dad, those were what my mom and my dad was basically. My mom is into music and, 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 and basically the Rastafarian 12 child service. And my dad was an independent contractor. So even though the area where you were and in the household, you guys were poor and stuff, but you guys were always, your parents were always on the hustle, always moving, always making things happen at that time there. Yes, yes, always, especially my mom, because my mom was hardly at home because of the the level of, of um, duties that she had within the organization. And she was the type of person who was like a nomad. She was always on the go. My dad was the one who was mainly at home because my mom was the one who was doing all the traveling at the time, touring into Africa and, and Europe and the Caribbean and all over. So my mom is gone like half of the year at times. She's gone on a six month tour and three months tour, all them stuff. And then my mom, the same night she lands from the airport, she's, she's gone. So my mom was always on the go. My dad was mainly the one that was there, but I guess, you know, they found the balance, but after a time, things took a toll, but for the most part, we grew up in the household until I left the household before my mom and my dad, um, you know, went separate ways, but still was in very much close contact, same way. Definitely. So then I know you also went to the big Excelsior High School. Okay. <laughs> All right. You see, because yeah, again, as you said, education was always something that your parents put at the forefront. You understand? So then they made sure that, I guess, you got the best and all of those stuff there. So even in high school, what type of person were, were you in high school? What would your other friends in high school say the person you were? I mean, um, basically, people would say, you know, the 
I mean, I was an average kid in high school. Average in terms of, um, and I wouldn't even say that. I'm just being modest, honestly. I was always like a, a person that people know because of the personality. I'm a people person, just like my mom and my dad. So I had older friends in high school and um, the music also. And then wh while going to Excelsior, that was when I started messing around with, with rhymes and stuff, even though I never wanted to be an artist. I never... And then I remember when I just began going to Excelsior, the teacher, well, I had a conversation with my form teacher at the time, and she was um, saying like, to be an artist is not a career. And this was like 1990, a teacher at Excelsior telling me this. And um, so I never concentrated on that. And even before I went to high school, I never thought about being an artist. So, you know, I, 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 but when I was going to Excelsior, I started having fun with rhymes and stuff because of my vocabulary ability being a reader from going to primary school at Oak Valley Experimental. So, and, um, so I was a person that people knew a lot because I've always been on the concerts and with DJing at lunchtime and around the corner with clashing and all them stuff there. So, and then, you know, we were playing football. I was a goalkeeper, um, for, 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 for the, the, the Pepsi, which is like seven and eight grade competition, which is also, you know, the Pepsi competition. And then it went on to do Colts. I never do Manning Cup though, but whenever one season is out, we're on to the next. So when, when football season is out, we, we, we're doing long jump or high jump, we're doing something, we're doing basketball because I was a kid that never, um, we had less entertainment at home. So while I was going to high school now, discovering new me in the teenage years, you know, I have friends. So I wanted to stay up, stay from the home a lot, you know, like. So after school, we always find some extra curricular activity to be involved in. So that way, that was a part of what made me somewhat popular going to Excelsior, even from being in eighth grade, you know, and then I was in part of our little group crew and our little gang and, you know, enough little youth from them times. It was from Waterhouse and Southside and Tivoli and them youth, enough aggressive youths, you know. So we were known for being troublesome in high school, but at the same time, we were still students of academics and, and arts because we were always involved. I was, I remember even going to the local theater and representing Excelsior in um, drama competitions, competing against other high schools. And, you know, so I was a lead in a play. So, you know, we're always trying to be somewhat active in activities other than education. It is from sports or the arts. So that, was what helped nurture the, the popularity, you know, during high schools. And then every stage show, every event, every function, you know, we bombarding, you know, we linking up with the popular guys and that play Manning Cup. We is the people, you know what I mean? I say some little young tyrants in school, you know? So, but, you know, yeah, so, yeah, I was, I was really a popular guy. People would say, you know, somewhat um, troublesome at times, but for the most part, they know me for, for being in the music, you know, at school. Who would, who would you say was your artist back then that really inspired you to really start to play with these words and get into music? Oh man, this is a question that has been asked on so many times. And I, I don't really, because it's, it's quite hard for me to latch on to one artist in my mind, because at the time growing up, my entertainment came straight from the radio. So I was focused on the radio and my, my brothers and sisters being around in the music and all that stuff. So it was like, a whole expansion of my musical openness at the time. So I, I, I never had a favorite artist in terms of no one particular artist. This is just a, like the era and the time 
You know, I remember my dad told me that uh, when I was three year old, he took me to my grandfather and I was jumping on the bed and singing Yellow Man song. I don't remember that. And he was like, yo, stop jumping on your dad. You know, and my grandfather was like, yo, leave him alone, man. You know, so even from that age, I guess Yellow Man was even an inspiration without even me knowing and understanding even myself. But growing up now, you know, there were so many prolific artists and I think my, my musical knowledge and my appreciation for music was quite maybe on another level for a kid because I, I understood things about music that no one taught me and it just came natural. I don't know where it come from. So my appreciation was, was kind of broad when it comes to music and then being exposed to so much music and nothing else was what made me. So my inspiration just come from like everybody. And it, I know it's kind of weird to say that, you know, man, I said not having one specific artist, but I can maybe narrate down to say, all right, then, you know, when I did start conscious of myself musically, I would say being a man, Frisco Kid, Spraga Benz, Bounty Killer, Buju Bantan, you know, those were the people at the time in the nineties, 90, 91 way, you know, and then even before that in the eighties growing up, like, you know, we, we are listening to really have Papa San Lieutenant Stitchy, have Admiral Bailey, have Tiger, you know, all these artists. And then my brother was a producer. So every artist that my brother encountered in musically, I am a fan of. Rounded them and the Mansasha crew and the Walla Scare them and Bushman them and, and, and just name it, Red Rat them and all of these. They, so I'm a fan of, of the music. So the music was my inspiration, not so much a specific artist. You know, but just this whole entity of music, it was fascinating. <laughs> you know, so. right, I, I think that's the best way we can answer that question. Then. All right, fair enough, because you, you, you mentioned, you just slightly mentioned, yeah, yeah, my brother was a producer. No, listen, for everybody right now, I'm going to tell you guys, his older brother is Steely from the oh, fame Steely and Cleavy. All right. So then now, yeah. even Steely now, <laughs> How close were you with Steely growing up? Okay, so, so Steely is the oldest of 11 of us, and I'm number nine. So, you know, and my mom never had us right after each other. So, but Steely, you know, came around the family, started coming around us um, um, when I was like eight, because I passed common entrance when I was nine year old. You know, at the time you could, like in five grade, you could take the common entrance at five grade. And because I was born on a leap year in February, it, it's kind of weird. So I got, my birthday kind of come a little bit late. So um, I took the common entrance at nine year old and started high school at basically nine and a half entering into 10 because you, you, you go school September and then February, you no know, more than 10. You understand? My past my coming in at nine, start high school nine and a half and stuff. So um Steely start came in around at that time when we passed common entrance. So when he heard that I me and my little brother passed common entrance, he, he came around and be like, you know what? You you guys are gonna be the ones that because we were the first one to pass common entrance in the family. I'm the first one. And then my brother followed. All my other sisters and brothers went to secondary school and all age and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So um, my Steely started coming around and, and being active with us because he was like, yo, you guys are going to go to college and you're going to start a whole new type of trajectory for the family. You know, you, you guys are going to be the one that lead that, 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 that new charter, right? So he was quite 
friendly, you know, coming around. And um, I remember we had no gas stove and he was the one that bought us our first gas stove, seal it, my brother. We usually cook on um, wood fire and, and coal stove. And um, so he came and he was like, so how do you guys prepare breakfast in the morning for them to go to school? And, you know, my dad showed him and he was like, no, nah, man. And he bought us a, a four burner gas stove and the cylinder and all that stuff. And um, yeah, he started coming around, paying school fee and all that stuff, make sure we have books and bags and uniforms and shoes. And um, he, he usually took my, my younger brother, because my younger brother was a soccer player. And he started taking my younger brother to, to soccer practice in the Saturday mornings while he dropping me off to the library because me is like the nerdy type at the time. And, um, and I, I don't know if you know, but my nephew, my nephew is Daniel Johnson, and he's, he's a national soccer player for Jamaica. That Rastafarian kid that you see play for Jamaica with the dreads, that's my nephew. That's Steely's son. And the first time I met that kid, mm -hmm. the first time Steely brought that kid, he was like six-year-old, and he came by the house, and he had a football. He had a ball. And he couldn't really play the ball in our yard because we live in a hill, so it's, it's on the hillside. So flat was very limited you know but i remember that kid the first time daniel he had a he had a soccer ball and i remember seeing him when he was 19 year old when i went to england that was the first time seeing him after he was three year old and he was playing for aston villa and i'm like yo i took his jersey so i i have a aston original aston villa jersey back in jamaica right now my brother with Johnson on the back. So, you know, Steely came around at that time, you know, start bringing Daniel around and stuff. Like when I was nine, just the beginning of going to high school. And, um, you know, the funny thing was, so he was adamant about us being on the educational part. The minute, the first time he saw me by our student, because even though I wanted to be a detective and I wanted to be a soldier, I always was messing around with music for some reason because it's around me. The family is there. It's, it's just there. I thought it was just normal. You know, so I was messing around with it, going to stage show, community stage show, clashing it. You know, when I go to the roads, um, the community pipe side and to, to go and all a show where, you know, we're an other DJ, a clash and, you know, I don't look at thing, you know. <laughs> so, I, so, Excelsior is on Mountain View. Arrows is down by Winroad Road, which is like, Couple, couple bus stops away from, from my school. So I started going oh, to Arrows and Lexus. Yeah, out, to, out by East. So Lexus, Mr. Lex, he's from Mountain View, Backbush, right? Jerry, um, um, down by um, Jake's Roadside and um, 63, I should say. And he usually frequent over Excelsior. So for all who never know, Mr. Lex, Lexus, is what was, was a very, one of our top dancers in Jamaica. If you look at one of them, um, throwback Capitan videos. There's a throwback Capitan video. I don't remember quite which song it is, but there was Lexus was the only dancer or the lead dancer of his own solo scene and all that stuff in a Capitan video. Lexus. Lexus. It was called Spraga Lex at the time. Yeah, cause you know you have Spraga Benz, so you were Spraga Lex. You <laughs> <laughs> were Spraga Lexus at the time. <laughs> so he usually frequent over Excelsior dancing. I usually call him Sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm going to give you a funny story. So, um, Lexus, now, he knew my brother because, you know, he was older and, and going out to the students and stuff. So, um, he usually come by the school. So, remember at that time, though, I was like the, the little artist for the school, Jazeel, you know, I, I, I was called Plucky Bantan because 
Um, Butcher Bantan was my DJ, so I said, you know, plug your Bantan because a girl give me a nickname and call me Plug Nose. And I never like it. And you know, when you don't like a nickname, that it's is when you stick to it. 100%. Yeah, I even got the whole class detention for calling me and teasing me. And I got everybody in detention. <laughs> so, the name stick. So my little high school Metharone entertainment name was Pluggy Bantan. You know, so, you know, I do my thing. And so Lexus came one day to, 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 to um, so I, there was a concert that was keeping and I'm the special guest, you know what I say? So Lexus, he's the older guy, more into the music than me. And the sound system that was playing, I knew the sound system from outer east, a sound system called Traffic Jam. So at the time, no, them no Lexus a big artist at the time. So when Lexus came there, I was the guest for the concert. This is a school concert with all kids. And it was in the e afternoon, three, like after, after 2.30, like three. And um, so Lexus came and they gave him the mic before me. And he was there doing his thing. And you just hear one girl got up out of her chair and sat banging the chair on the ground. And like, we want Jazeel. Come, my name is Jazeel. So one person said, we want Jazeel. And then two more people, we want Jazeel, until the whole auditorium is chanting, we want Jazeel. We... So I'm looking at them like, no, 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 no. What are you guys doing? Because I know Mr. Lex. Mr. Lex is working with my brother. Mr. Lex is a bigger artist. I'm like, yo, they're going to mash up my thing. Because when I leave school and I go to studio and I go hang out with these guys, they're going to not like me. I'm looking at it from that political point, like Lexus is not going to like me because, you know, the situation at the school. So I'm like, I took the mic and I'm like, no people, no, 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 no. A big artist, man, and a listening man. I, I sprang a Lexus, this man. Listening people. I give up Mr. Lexus. <laughs> give up Lexus the mic, you know. So whenever you interview Lexus, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that interview happen. Whenever you interview Lexus, I want you to ask him and say, what took place at Excelsior High School at a concert with you and the younger Mr. Pepper? And he's going to tell you. He always tells people that story. So, you know, um, so stealing out. So I start, you know, going by arrows after school. And the first time my brother saw me looking through the fence and peeping through at all them artists, arrows usually be the place that everybody gather and play football and all that stuff, right? So... That was the central point where you could see 50 big artists gather in one place. The number one artist, the number two, number three, number four. That you could see the old top 10 chart in one place and everybody linking and producers and new artists and sound man. And it was for who experienced that era, they will know it is not something easily explained based off the atmosphere of music right now. It's quite opposite it's hard Cold to even fathom different. yeah for someone to fathom oh we were as artists together like <laughs> it's hard to it's hard but you know when steely saw me there he didn't took favorably to he didn't took favorably to it he stopped he stopped talking to me like a little brother you know and i remember one time i went to his studio um in a i think it was like when i was in ninth grade and i heard about my brother's studio um, Studio 2000, New Kingston. Yes. And mm -hmm. at the time, because of Ronid and the Monster Shock crew linking with my brother and producing, and my brother give them them first number one and all them stuff there, Ronid was taking favor to me because, as me I said, 
the nearby communities. The communities is quite close, Tavern and Kentaya and Augustown, and where me come from, Dreadax. So I'm in the middle of all of Kentaya and all the places. So we walk in, these, all these places is, as kids is walking distance for us. Even though they're, you know, as adults now, I would even walk as an adult right now there, but as kids, it, 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 you never think about the distance. It's never far, you know? So um, I usually stop after... Yeah, I usually stop after school by Ronid, and Ronid took favor to me because of my brother. And so I knew Megaplo. Megaplo was the one who said, Pan Debbie birthday, said Debbie went to the gift shop. Debbie said it. So I knew Megaplo because of him being around Ronid and stuff. And um, um, so one day, um, Megaplo, I heard Megaplo and um, other artists that was part of the, the younger Monster Shack crew, a guy called Snakey Trouble. So me and Megaplo and Snakey Trouble was friends. So we, I heard they was going to steal a student in New Kingston. And granted, we all was in high school. Snakey Trouble and Megaplow was going to Mona High School and I was going to Excelsior High School at the time. So three of us okay. went down by steal a student and two guys walk in. Two other guys in school uniform walk in. One of them was called Copper Kid and the other one was called Crazy Kid. They are popular known as Kiprich and Alazid. So, Alaziad was Kappa Kid, and Kiprich was Crazy Kid. Crazy they both kid. was going to Arden. Yeah, Crazy Kid and Kappa Kid. That was Kiprich and Alaziad. They were going to Arden Extension at the time. So, in Steely Studio, they had five schoolers. Mr. Pepper, no Mr. Pepper, Mega Plow, Snakey Trouble, Kiprich, Alaziad. Zin, so... That was the levels of what we'd have taken on the road as schoolers at that time. But when my brother saw me in the studio, he, he, he left me. After talking to us and stuff, he, he, he rode out his bike and leave me in the studio because he never, he was like, okay, you want to be an artist? I'm going to give you artist treatment. I'm not going to treat you no special way, like, because you're my brother. So, you know, me and Steely dealings did start off on a, a quite rocky part. Um, so after high school, after um, graduating high school, Excelsior, and um, I decided like, you know, I was going to go into the music because at, while I was in ninth grade at high school, you know, I got a chance to do a recording. And that was, you know, the starting of Mr. Pepper, so to speak. So at the age 19, to get on his records, came from Miami and um, I met them because of a girl. She, she, she was the girlfriend of one of the brothers in togetherness. And that, that girl was fr a friend of my aunt. My aunt. I had an a, a, a aunt that was, you know, she was a popular girl, a girl, so to speak. So she was the one who made me know that girl. And that girl was the girlfriend of one of the guys in Togetherness Records. And she told them about Steely, little brother, that Steely not paying no attention to. Because at, by, by age 19, you know, we start diving into the music much, you know, much more developed. I mean, my, for me to tell you the story, it would be, I'm just kind of like moving forward a little bit, you know what I say? So by age 19, I was kind of more of an understanding to the music. And um, she introduced me to them when they came to Jamaica from Miami. And they went to Steely and made, and, 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 and let Steely made a beat for them. And then they came back and recorded me and never told Steely. Okay. Recorded his little brother. He wasn't paying me any mind, right? Recorded his little brother and put me on the radio. And... Um, Steely found out and one day he saw me and he was like, hey, little boy, me hear your song on the radio and if it's me make that record, it would be better. 
And um, that day he invited me into his studio. And that was when I made my first song with Steely on the Bitter Blood Rhythm. Okay, so, that was, but so, so even on the Togetherness label there, what was your name? What name did you record the song under and what was the name of the song? Okay, so by age 19, I, I had developed a name, Pluggy Steel. I'd, I'd leave off the Bantan and, um, you know, I, I went to Pluggy Steel, kind of based off Steely. But I don't even remember the name of the music that um, I recorded at that time. I, I don't remember the song that I did for Togetherness. I just remember that it was on the radio and I think Dalton Leet was the first disc jockey that played that song. And um, there's this guy called Carlington Wilmot. He, 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 he was very part of Conscience early career. He was a journalist. Um, he was the first journalist that interviewed me at the time at age 19, Carlington Wilmot. So um, Togetherness was, was kind of pushing that record at the time. And, and it's so crazy that I don't remember it. Um, but Steely got wind of it. And I ended up in his studio and ended up on the Bitter Blood rhythm. And then he changed my name from Pluggy Steel to Mr. Pepper. So Mr. Pepper's okay, so record was... Steel is the one that changed your name. Yeah, because he never liked Pluggy Steel. He was like, nah, man, that's, that's a roadside corner name. That's your corner name with your friends. I mean, he had a professional name. And, and I hated Pepper. Because I, like, I knew I had a bridging called Pepper. And everybody knew him. Everybody knew me in East Kingston. Because at the time, that time, you know, my, my, my grandmother lived out East Kingston by Winward Road and my uncles and stuff. So after I graduated from Excelsior, I was live down them side, you know, because I remember I lived 16 years in the board house, no TV, no radio, you know, be reading and everything. So my grandmother lived in a big house and community and, you know, city life. So more good in the city and, you know, so um, that was the time that I kind of did, kind of just had to start concentrating on the music more when I leave out of my parents' house at 16 and went and lived by my grandmother. And that was how I met even the same link togetherness because of the girl, because my aunt lived in that house. So that girl usually come by and visit my aunt. And I, so now she know me as a little DJ and knows a steely little brother. And she knew these guys that was coming from Miami because she dated one of them. And they met me, they went to Steely, made a beat with Steely, then came and record me, never told, never telling him. He heard the song on the radio, recorded me on the bitter blood. And that was the beginning of Mr. Pepper. And what was Mr. Pepper supposed to, what was that name supposed to mean? Did Steely ever tell you, you say, okay, your name is now Mr. Pepper and this is what it means? Or he just said, this is your name now? No, he never, he never told me the meaning because I wasn't even there. I, 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 so I recorded the song in, in, in the name Plug is Steel. And then one day I was by Sapphire Studio um, because after we did leave Arrows, you know, Sapphire was the next place where we usually did hang out heavily. So I was by Sapphire and Squeegee Joe came by and said, hey, your brother call you and put me up on him like a scooter and carry me by a new Kingston. So when I went to the studio, now my brother met me by the gate and he was like, hey, hug me up. And my brother is not a close person like that, you know, hug, you know, I said, man, hug me up, it's kind of weird, you know, man. So, so he hugged me up and I said, yo, you know, man, you know, man, why you change something out of the music? I want you to change your name. I said, change my name. And then I said, yeah, man, your name is a pepper now. And I said, it's a girl for name Pepperman. Me not name, me not like any. I, I was quite rebellious about it. I never liked it, but you know, I steal it. So I just, I went in there and changed it. Mr. Pepper. And 
that bitter blood come out and run the place and things. So. And the funny thing with the that bitter blood rhythm, remember, started, that's where um, Mr. Lex Lexus at that time got his big hit cook on the same rhythm, yeah. you know. Yeah, so when we were when so when I was going to Excelsior, remember I told you Lex usually come over there and teach dancing and all that stuff, right? So when Lex came over there, he he, he was quite a, a a smart guy also too. So he usually one day he said to me, say, hey, tell your brother, cause I know my brother stealing. So he's like, yo, tell your brother, say, you know, an artist named Spraga Lex, and him bad, cause he know the psychology of me as a kid. And the younger brother of Steel is saying, yo, I know this artist named Spraga Lex, you know what I'm saying? So the, the, he know the importance of your name buzzing outside of the arrow circle, you know? So it was just, you know, I move. Um, so, you know, it was so funny that, and I just talked to Mr. Lex like uh, one hour ago. <laughs> Lex is my friend, cause I, I, I asked him, I, saw, I, saw, I, I, I wanted to know about something and I called him and I said, yo, where, where can I find this particular thing? And he was like, yo, check there, there, there. He's my virgin man. So um, yeah, that, am I brother about Lexus? My brother was a portion that my brother is still and cleaver responsible for dancehall, you know. Otherwise, and you know, mainstream, mainstream street, and um, Dave Kelly, the man, um, Penthouse, and a couple more people, a couple more people. But when it's about changing dancehall and make dancehall what dancehall is, steal it from Jamis days when Steely and Bobby Digital was the engineer on a Jamis. You know, I said the man their shape and a change dancehall. Mm -hmm. So then now linking you, you linked up. You, you recorded your first song on Bitter Blood and all this stuff here now. So then now were you basically like a Studio 2000 artist or you had the link so you'd record now and then you were still on the road looking it for yourself? So Steely was not an artist. He was not an artist manager at the time. And I was on the management contract with Togetherness, remember, you know, the man them record me and then go to steal uh, and put me out and then steal it hurry here for them song and record me and i did that secretly because remember me up on the other fence you know we don't you know nothing with steely because stealing now bust me you know? and all of a sudden steely hear them money will come from foreign <laughs> come record me i know him record me when me, me get caught in the middle because me can't lose a chance of record for my brother so i secretly record and him changed my name so them don't know. And then he changed my voice. The record that I did for Togetherness was on a higher pitch. Because I was following the sound at the time. And stealing them. But I go to, well, I could have who are the brother with them bucking at the beam with the nowadays dance Cinderella. Me saw people. Still came up on a deeper tone. I didn't even recognize myself. So even when Togetherness, them hearing the song playing on the radio and saying, boy, I don't want to steal him, the easy in the ramp for bust new artists. They don't know because this guy has a new voice and a new name. Not knowing that he's the same artist, Pluggy Steel was signed to them. <laughs> so, you know, so eventually they found out, you know. They, uh, mm -hmm. And then you were, so what? then you were, you just did a short stint with them or you were just, you did a while with um, Togetherness? So I was with Togetherness maybe for like, um, you know, a couple, a couple of years, maybe like two years, three years, solidly, I would say, because I was there from before the record made. You know, and um, Steely is not, Steely never took me in as a pseudo 2000 label artist either. You know, I guess when I recorded that song on Bitter Blood, he, 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 at the end of the session, he was like, um, you're not really ready yet, you know. Um, five years time, they're ready. 
That was 2000. Check when hypocrite come out. 2005, boss. Yeah, man. Five years later, Steely tell me, say, yo, you're not ready, you. Five years later, you're ready. He had nothing to do with five years later in terms of being there, his rhythm, his studio, his orchestrating, nothing. He had nothing to do with nothing. He just knew that based off where you then know if you continue five years later, you may understand what key is and melody and, and them something. They know when you're flat, know when you're sharp. So, um, yeah, five years later, you know, um, uh, it, it was, you know, linking up with. So when I recorded on Bitter Blood, mm -hmm. VP, you know, VP at the time was putting out compilation CDs, you know, when one, one rhythm had like 16, 20 songs on it, right? So Bitter Blood had like 16 songs on it. I was number 16. The last track on the CD it was, <laughs> was Pepper. <laughs> so, yeah. so this guy, right, this guy called Mark Pinnock from Natural Bridge Records, he was close friends with VP at the time and I guess following up with whatever came out in music. And then here comes this guy, Mr. Pepper, that no one knew because remember, this is the first time anybody in music ever hear or see. Nothing named Mr. Pepper because my name changed even after the song record. We went back and changed it to Mr. Pepper. So the song not even record as Mr. Pepper. So mm. it was right before mixing. The song, the name changed to Mr. Pepper. So this was a brand new artist. So that guy is a quite interesting person, very intelligent to certain things musically. And he was the one who actually was working with Lexus before Lexus come out also to that guy, Mark Pinnock. So um, he was like, who is this guy? Number 16, never heard of this man. Who is this guy singing this weird music? And you know, eventually through Frankie Sly, man, Frankie Sly did a link and he, 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 he came and he came and um, came to Jamaica and, um, and um, came looking for me. Him and Frankie Sly, so them link up with me and Frankie Sly and, um, you know, me and Natural Bridge start out. So that was where my, my artist career started to be, I would say, um, you know, would, would, I would say would be in a more controlled, because I had a management team, Natural Bridge came, because Steely wasn't managing me, so I was a free artist because before Natural Beach came, me and together and this, them, they kind of come to an understanding because of the situation of me and Steely. Remember, I signed contract with them, then Steely go record, me put me in a different name. The rhythm blew up, the song go get a little buzz because I steal a little brother, VP put it out, here comes these other people from foreign. But by that time, them come from foreign, me and together and this, they kind of come to an understanding. And um, Natural Beach come in now and, and start streamlining my career more professionally. And that, that was representation that, w that I needed at the time, you know. And um, five years after me and Natural Bridge link up, because me and them link up like two, 2001, 2000, 2001, right about there. And, you know, after four or five years, I worked hypocrite come, link up with War 21, and, and I got hypocrite. Um, okay, so and, then yeah. how did, because with, with Mark Pinnock, I think Snow Cone was in the link there at the same time too? Yeah, so when, when I meet Mark Pinnock, Snow Cone, I never met Snow Cone at the time. Snow Cone wasn't in, in, in Jamaica in the picture where Natural Bridge production was concerned at the time. You know, he, he, he was... So, so when, when I met Natural Bridge, Frankie Sly was around Dave Kelly. And Frankie Sly have... Oh, we not love for soul. Them boy, they cook, you know, and Dave Kelly, 
at Dave Kelly and Steely and Main Street at the time, you know me I say, and rookie, rookie, rookie and them man there, them man there on dance hall, you understand? So Dave Kelly now, you know, Frankie Sly, you know, get the whole highlight because of Dave Kelly and thing, and him and Mark Pinnock, you know, Mark Pinnock and managed him at the time. And so Mark Pinnock was really like, concentrating on Frankie Sly, promoting Frankie Sly and stuff. So I was getting the tailwind, the tailwind after the whole of that, you know, a photo shoot, I go on, I get my photo shoot, you know, outfits, I come, I get my outfits, interview, I go on, you know, me and Frankie Sly, Frankie Sly picked me up, um, and I'm the red Tacoma Jeep, you know, every morning, and me and him going to studio and all them stuff there. So um, I was in the groove, in the groove of everything, you know what I mean? And then before even me meet Frankie Sly and Natural Bridge, me done did was a roadside DJ where we dig out the roadway with the every stage show from, from Rockford to Dunkirk to Papine to Augustown to Kentire to Standpipe, Mountain View, you know what I mean? I said, McGregor Gully, Southside, Tivoli, Matches Lane, Rona Painland, Portmore, everywhere. We know nothing of them in a long time. So long, we're there in the road a long time. So I was quite like season to the road in terms of moving around as a little street artist at the time, you know what I mean? So when them come and add on all of this to my thing now, them see me as great potential because of what me did, done did I do in the streets. And we was, we was just a little young artist, not even to understand keys and them stuff there. But the passion we did have as young artists at the time was enough to make people can see the potential. You know, me I said them could I see the potential in that talent and know say if we if we streamline and you know and 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 kind of develop these these artists that, because at that time you had artist development. You know, nobody did artist development again. But my manager at the time, Mark Pinnock, understood what it take to to develop artists. And when him look at me, him say you to look like a foreigner. And when he hear me talk, and because of the the extensive vocabulary background from the reading, that end up can be an asset. So when we meet them people and when we speak as a youth from the ghetto now and them say me do my interview them, them I say, what? Yeah, youth, you are the package. You just need guidance and, you know, me answer support and stuff. And, and we actually did it from nothing to something. Mm -hmm. So, so um, then, yeah. how did how did War 21 now come, in, come into the link? Because I know Natural Bridge was also a record label. So he was a record label slash manager. Okay, so um, so Natural Bridge, them I do them thing. Them name Natural Bridge before they meet Mr. Pepper, right? Me no suckle them and conle them from just being in the streets. I go around and jammies them as just youths in the streets when them I play the sound jammies and then them done engineering at the studio. So we all knew each other as young artists before, you know, we, we step out on the scene. Um, so me and suckle them did have a, 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 that type of link before as me said Natural Bridge. When Natural Bridge come in, him kind of, him is a man where he's, he, he, he have a heavy network at the time. All the radio people, him and all, him, him network was heavy. So, um, yeah. I don't quite remember, I remember when we was building the studio, Natural Bridge yeah. studio and, you know, me and him alone stand up there with the carpenter and the place dusty and, you know, he, he was kind of worrying what was going to happen. And I'm like, no, no worry. Remember, say so you have a number one artist, as at the time, the number one and, you know, and he, I mean, I said, no worry about nothing, man. Everything will work out. And because I was 21 them now and my prior relationship to them, I was the one who recommended them to, 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 um, to be engineers in the studio because we needed the studio to be occupied with engineers. They didn't have a home at the time because them and Jamie's um, situation did um, fall apart. So it was perfect for them. Them coming in and have a studio and, you know, um, we have the studio occupied and running and stuff. And, you know, it was working. It was good. So 
Me and Ward 21, them link up. But you want to know the funny thing, them, even though me and Ward 21, them was friends, that rhythm I rap, they, a lot of people, that rhythm, that hypocrites attack. There's about 15 more songs on that rhythm, including Bounty Killer, Mad Cabra, Spraga Benz, Ward, um, Ward 21, themselves. Uh, Vice Mail, Anthony B, all type of people upon that artist, that really, all of them recorded before me. What 21 never recorded me in the first batch of artists. That really was on the radio before I recorded it, on it, everything. It was Mark Pinnock that came and he was listening to him of him. Colin Hines was his DJ at the time. He loved Colin Hines. And can he, as an him land one Thursday, I'll go for him at the airport, me and Frankie Sly, go for him at the airport and he'd switch the radio to, Fritz, to Fame FM and listen to Frankie's, um, um, Colin Hines. And Colin Hines playing this IRA beat that Wild Wet 21 put out. And he was like, how come Wild 21 him not put up on this beat? And he, he took up the phone and he called, I don't remember which one of them he called, whether Sukho or Kondi, but he called and I said, listen, mate, we need pep on the rhythm. Them know, said the big man, fly in. So the big man flying and them no mark having money at the time and things. So they were like, okay, I don't know if them vice miss happy pop and read him because they have a manager where them will push them something. Cause they never recorded me on the first part. So they never have me as a priority on the rhythm. So anyway, I'm in a business. I don't know so some music at the time, but it kind of For felt sure. away because of the the relationship that people know say me and why them was friends and stuff before the whole thing. Anyway, um, from the studio, they agreed. From the airport, they agreed to record me and we left. And after my manager come off of the phone with 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 Wild 21, he called Kingy. Now Kingy was the studio manager for Big Yard at the time, that uh, Christopher Martin manager Kingy. So mm -hmm. Kingy did a run around a Shaggy Studio as a studio manager. Right? And um, we called Kingy and we get two hours and we left from the airport and go straight around to Shaggy Studio, meet Wild 21 them and to record the song. No, no, we never got it to record hypocrite. We just got it to record on the rhythm. So when I went there, you know, um, I was testing out some other songs. And, you know, them I said, oh, them songs are all right and stuff and thing. And then Suko was like, one to that song the way I always sing and I mash up the stage show them. I remember we are young artists and we do every stage show everywhere. Mm -hmm. We don't know record, no management. You know, that was how it is. And um, how it was. And I said, oh, that song there. You know, somebody recorded it for one of my bridging already and thing and re, 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 and he must say, he put it out. And I said, no, I'm not put it out, man. I'm so put it out. Man, I said, yeah, and I sang the whole one on the rhythm. So, yeah. Me decide, I go sing the song. So, I sing the song on the rhythm now and I sing, hypocrites are talk, low them, make them sit and talk. And I do that. And then, if you listen to that record carefully, and for all the listeners them, and everybody watching this thing right now, if you play that record out, Hypocrite attack. There's a particular part in the record where you say, where you hear me say, where you say, you oh, want the big voice, make them talk. So the reason why that say, where you say, you oh, want the big voice was because I was singing on the rhythm first. Hypocrite attack. And then Conley, I say, yo, men I like that voice. Say. So I said to him, say, where you say, you oh, want the big voice? But the, the track was still recording. And he, for some reason, he cut out that part. He cut out that part and put it to one side, and then that was when we're going at a big voice. But when you hear hypocrites attack, I'm going at a big, you know. So that was because what 21 them, you know, them a big voice producer, them, them a big voice artist, them like little voice. So that was all them get the hit sound out of me. So them was the one who tell me, say, to sing in other voice and the record, they're for sure. When I ask them, where you say, oh, and the big voice? I ask me, ask him, if they want me singing a different, then I'm a big voice. 
Like come do. Well, I could have who are they, brother? Because after I leave Steely, I abandon the big vice up there and start following what I hear in the business. Be the man, they must sing, that's the video. Chaka, chaka. And I do that, that singing something there. So me, I sing, hypocrites, chaka. As I round about them time, never be lit off of the chaka, chaka rhythm. Round about them time there. So when I go record it, why them now, them never too dig that, that singing style. Like, them man on the singing, singing, they were deep voice. So they wanted, they wanted deep voice. Yeah, so that was we made hypocrite, and then we made hypocrite, and we started that same guy, Kalinines, never played it, even though my manager was his big friend and all that stuff. Nobody was playing my song. Nobody was playing my song except DJ Smurf, which is we did control DJ Smurf at the time mm -hmm. because uh, me bring DJ Smurf to, to, to my camp, Natural Bridge, and me introduce him to Natural Bridge. When him there at 102, I played three hour pan sat the man in alone. You understand? So DJ Smurf was the one who played and GT Taylor because GT was very close to my management at the time. And uh, at the time, Carly Nines was not playing it. Nobody on Fame FM not playing it. The first person on Fame FM that played, to my knowledge, otherwise, and maybe Carly Nines played a little, is Kurt Riley. Because the reason why Kurt Riley played was because, and I always try to tell Kurt Riley this story and nah, understand. I'm going to try to tell Firelinks this story and them now nah, understand. There's, so when I was at Natural Bridge Studio and Firelinks had a cousin called Fire Bojo and Fire Bojo always had come by my studio and stuff and Fire Bojo know about hypocrite song and the man said, yo, listen to me, I'm going to make Firelinks, I'm going to make my cousin bust this or my uncle or whatever, in Firelinks family and, and, and I even care to Firelinks and at the time Firelinks, I play at, at Mondays, at Mondays was by the four roads at Mullines Road intersection and Walton Park intersection and I am to live at the time, a stone throw away. Like you could throw a stone in my, in my yard at the time. At, because, you know, I move from leave east and I start finding my local one room by myself and stuff. So, Firelinks was playing right by Mullins Road there. And he was the one who started playing my songs on Monday night. Sunshine, DJ Sunshine, DJ Sunshine from IRFM and, and, and Kurt Riley was linking very closely with Firelinks at the time. And they were regular attendees of um, at Mondays. And Firelinks about two songs. Hypocrites attack. And right after a year, they ain't no real Makai. And be a gunshot fire. And once me hear my song and my father's song, my God, I'm my head. <laughs> you see me? Because you, you, got, you, got you got your belly full from what you came for. Yeah, I get my play. And they a young artist, see me. I don't know what to me, boss. I walk, I walk, I walk, I take boss sometimes. So I just walk on my head and, 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 and I know say, I feel good, my song play. And um, so Firelinks was the first one to play my song in the streets, to my knowledge. And Kurt Riley, otherwise, and DJ Smurf and GT Taylor, I know say, Kurt Riley. And, you know, until eventually, everybody, you know? When did you know this song really caught on? Where you said, okay, yeah, it's cool. You heard in a dance hit bus. You heard the Mavado Real McCoy and all that. But when did you know, hold on, this is something really happening here? Because if you really listen to that song, it's the, the lyrics are wicked, but it's how War 21 produced the song with the talk, talk, talk. The That's the build because up. I never did that. It is, mm -hmm. yeah, Conley, Conley was the master for that because I just recorded the song. As a matter of fact, I don't remember recording that song traditionally like you start the intro and then you go the chorus and then you go the verse and then you double track. I don't remember, I don't remember the experience mm -hmm. of recording that song. I just remember that it was recorded in a weird way where it was not recorded straight. 
it was just, it, it was like a session full of recording and talking back and me, I talk back and hear everything and then the guy take all of that and bring it home. Conley's a genius. Did you know that at the time Conley what? took a stereotype mixtape from Twins of Twins and made a whole song out of the talking. And I am, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Yo, so Conley was a genius behind mm -hmm. um, the mixing of the record. He was the one that came up with make them talk, 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 all them. I never did none of that. He, that is a mix that created that. I just went and said, but when you hear hypocrite, that's a, uh, yeah. So um, the production was excellent. And he, uh, they never play my song on the radio, and my song become the only song will become the most popular song. Nobody up to this day, most people, 99.999999999999% of people don't know say there's other artists on that rhythm. I rap. I, I did not, to tell you the God's honest truth, sitting here right now, I don't remember. I might have heard it back then, but I don't remember there being other songs on that rhythm there. I just, I almost, I always yeah. thought that was a single, as a matter of fact. No, it never was. But to be honest, the, 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 that song would never have come to fruition the real way without the management team, you know, because at Mertel at the time, Natural Bridge was, um, that guy, Mark Pinnock, was, was, was heavily connected mm -hmm. musically. Like, we controlled the radio at the times, you know. We, they, you know, we stood and sang up a player five times, ten times. You know, man, so we tell man, say, oh, drop song before cash, but right before cash, but read when everybody get around them radio and uh, prepare for listen number, play my song, right? The song play it started right after. You know, we invent them something upon radio. You know, when we control radio, when radio was a place, what was your song? So, Great. Mark so Peter was where, very where influential. Was, where was it now where you knew that moment that this song or the moment? Path? I never knew, man. I, it, 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 it happened that I never knew the precise moments of what was happening. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it, 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 it because I remember one day me walking at Arthur Tree. I'm over there, I ride on a bike, I'm in a marina, a white marina and a blue jeans and a white sneakers. And I were walking at Arthur Tree and I ride past on the bike and I say, yo, where are you doing? I say, yo, I don't do nothing. I just had Toward the road, you know, and the man said, Come in. I mean, I'm right, go check fire links and fire links. Fire links record, enough people even know that me and Mavada have a combination. Fire links record, Mavada, Mr. Pepper, from the global rhythm. Okay, could it, could it, could it? Mr. Pepper and Mavada, screw face bad boy. You see me, I say? So that day, the Mavada came and go up all the cafe, have a piece, show me the barber chair, where he's trimming and everything, show me him family, him mother, and him daughter, and him son, and him. In baby mother and everything. And in baby mother and everything. So the song, the song, I mash up dance all and me I walk up and down in the streets of Africa in Jamaica, not understanding so me are the next big thing. See? I remember my song went number one on the video charts. And I was alone watching the TV and see my song debut. The first time I see my my my, my, my video debut, it debuted at number one. The first time it ever played on the TV. Is that number first one spot? Time. And I couldn't even, very first time it showed on the TV, number one, right? And um, I didn't even enjoy it because I was like, how oh, can, oh, can 
my song be at number one because the chart set up in a, in a way that you had, you had bubbling music, music that was in the bubbling part that didn't even enter the chart. So I'm looking in the bubbling. So when they read out the bubbling and there's, my song is not in the bubbling, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch this. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to enjoy it because, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not the bubbling, so I'm not expect. So when I say, them say, um, so this week we have a brand new number one moving voicemail. I mean, you didn't move voicemail. Uh, 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 uh. Um, that, that song that I did for Dan Carleon at the time, a dancing song and thing. And uh, I was the one who moved them from number one for weeks. There was that number one, because them time the bogle and them apart. And you know what I said? Walk it deep and all them stuff. Then voicemail, I run dance out, because dancing was the thing. When me bus, mm -hmm. me bus when dancing song, I run the world dance out. Dancing, elephant man them, vice meal them, ding dang was a tap dance, a ching 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 them, and dancing was a something. When me bust, ah, uh, dancing. I go up against all of that stuff. Remember, you know? When me tell you say me build hypocrite alpha earlier, dance to the rhythm, chaka chaka. When me say, dance to the rhythm, dancing around the place, and the song never record the same time when me record, they record like a year after, after me build it, two years after. Dancing run boy for years. So we face the buckles at the time now. When me I watch all my video now, I debut at number one now, sitting alone in a living room and watching my video at number one. I couldn't understand how my son can come at number one the first time. It's showing on the TV, on the radio. I wasn't aware of what was going on in the outside. I was just concentrated on just being a student and just a glass student. You know, we never really understood because we never have a street team and all them stuff. We never have none of that in, 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 in place. We just have a management and the management live a foreign, New York. You understand? So we are move around same way and I go on DJ, DJ, but this thing happened globally and across the island where me alone couldn't fathom what was going on at the time. So I don't think, I can't remember a specific moment more than when time me and the plane the first time and I looked down. And, and I say, New York, like you can see the New York City now. And, you know, and I say, New York City. I mean, I look down from the wall, I like them. And I say, yo, I go mash up the wall of that place. You know, I just tell myself, say, yo, I mash up. And then I say, a police car. Because, you know, if I'm a nice guy, you can't see police car. And I say, a police car. I say, yeah. All if a boy want to find me down at that big place. Oh, look on that big place. Oh, you can't find people in them. We can't hide in another big place, you know. We just that thing, some crazy things when the <laughs> 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 I mean, but them time I realized gravity. You know, when we realize the gravity, I what really I go on now. I, I, I go and tell you when. When we perform first on Irish Jamboree, September the third, I think 2006 or seven. I don't remember for six or seven, but in a Rye Wilkins Park in a, mm -hmm. in a Queen. In New York. Queens, um, New York. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I remember that was the first time my mouth ever went so dry that it sticked together. I didn't know if I'm talking or if I'm not talking. I, I, I was so nervous. My mouth run dry. Mm -hmm. Lock up my lip, them tight. My tongue locked to the top of my, 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 my mouth. May I forget water and all them stuff. They're nervous. That was when I realized when the man said, no, we haven't said it for the first time in New York. Messed up. Imagine you are performer foreign. For the first time, you leave Jamaica, come a foreign. And you say, 40,000 people are anticipated. I mean, I have no experience of 
this magnitude of show because in Jamaica, as much as the song bus and go number one, yeah, me do fully loaded on some show where you know, you feel loaded 15, 20,000 them at the time and them stuff. But at Jamaica, that you feel a different levels of confidence in your island, you know what I'm saying? This is outside of the island, my first show. When the man called me and my mouth run like a desert dry. But I still pull off it. But I remember a, a guy was interviewing me after, you know, and he said, So what are the things that you think that, you know, you may need to improve in and, and thing and re, 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 and, you know, because he was like pointing out how I use a stage. You know, I said, Can't believe, kind of my head, my flap. You know, because this man asked me about, how I never use, you know, I said, about stage and all them kind of questions. <laughs> but it wasn't a flap. But in my levels to where I said, you know, I said, I should have shelled that show here. Me think I could have done it better, you know, but I always think I can do stuff better. I never yet think I do something good enough yet, so. At that time, do you like people, ask, people ask me about like the Vibes Cartel um, freestyle. We're going to hold on right yeah. beyond. We're almost there. That because that is yeah. another <laughs> legendary step in your career. But even when yeah. uh, Hippocrita uh, came out, at that time there, you were almost like the unofficial fifth member of War 21 at that time because you guys were all around. They were in the Hippocrita Talk video. It was like you were you were the fifth guy, but not really to War 21, but it was the unofficial fifth member of War 21. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you could say that because as me I say, you know, me and Wad, them did have somewhat of a, of a musical connection before Hypocrite come because when we sing the song for Steely, Steely, which is 2000, from Bitter Blood, Steely bring my girl on a jammies, them time there, Bada Bada around the place and Bellias was the next with him. Bellias was to come out next. Steal bring me around a jammies and hug me up. Front of all type of people in around a jammies and say, oh, Look at brother, you know. He might come around the business, you know, you know, when we bring them, we bring them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and jammies go for Conley. <laughs> and care Conley come. Say, yeah. I've sucked me at the inner. Rick Conley come. Some no Conley. The real Conley. And some no Conley was artist. I no, well, we didn't know what him did do. I know for them there. But mm -hmm. what I remember that moment there when, when Jamie's bring Conley come and I say, well, him, uh, him describe him as a rapper. Him describe him somewhat as, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but him describe Conley. And, and, and now that we can think about it and the levels of Conley, intelligence and musical levels, I could see how he was a rapper, like how Kabaka Pyramid was a rapper. Zane, mm -hmm. so because you, you can't see them intelligence and them levels, them youth, them, them musical openness, even them was ghetto youth, them musical knowledge and intelligence, it opened from a very tender age, you understand? Because most, you know, back in them time, the most artists' musical awareness would start from very tender age. You have Yami Bowler, the man, and, and, and you, you, my dog, little mice, them, and some man with artists, the young and ghost, them, it was baby. Dennis Brown, them, I sing like I'm from them, a baby. Y'all want to owe them little, that's it, owe them little pitnia. Them are some alien. But hmm. poor people, they don't TV, they don't have a radio, they don't have musical with entertainment, musical with education. At them time there. So you find out say, are you tapping into him 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 in musical talent? If you have it, you it, the 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 openness for tapping and the avenues them for tapping was everywhere because 
sound system operator for DJ, DJ after DJ the whole night. You understand? Multiple DJs say, you party, say, you find out, say, every community from every area full of various sound systems and artists. And this is wholesome inspiration mm -hmm. for anybody where open to it. You understand? So you find out to them time the youth and you did home to music and exposed to music and find them talent early. So War 21 them and especially Conley, you know, was one of them alien brain there from a very, very intelligent youth from him young and stuff. So Jamie's bring him come and introduce him type like a rapper type of artist or like a different breed, like a hybrid. I'm a understand that, you know, no. And him that said to steal it, say, yeah, man, I'm the boy vice on the belly as man. And I'm going to send a cut of the rhythm around his shoulder. That guy, man, he must say a shoulder to those weed. New Kingston, them they run a warehouse. So, steal it, I said, no. More on the boy record around here. More on him have comfortably in a different, different spot. I want him build a comfort zone, a record one place, and then steal in the manager artist. The man, you know, man, so, so him, him, him. But, you know, and like I said, all our record for him still around him. Squeaky Joe, them all of him. Have him crew them with the around him, but hang around him through the 2000. Set of artists with him record all the time. So, um, him just did that kind of give me a guidance at the time, you know? The more I'm record. And then Jamie Stewart at the time was a very strange, for lack of a better term, voice in room. Bro, this is the only room where you couldn't see the engineer at the time. And the engineer couldn't see it. It was just a room you're going at the stuff. The class of women. The man them students is a room, bro. The, the, the student room is nice and the student where you say, bro, if you go up on internet, you say Admiral Daly them and Lieutenant Sitchi them and DJ night, good and fine, right? That always did it. But I, I don't know if it changed now, but we know at the time the vice room was a complete different section of the building you're going up and go around one part and just in one room with a mic. No window, no nothing, no nothing. You can't see nobody, no nothing. There's door lock. Yeah, so Yeah, and I hate that. So, you know what I said? So that was when me and Wad them did link up and thing and choose Steely and part of the, the old journey. You know, me I said, meet Dan English when we are 15. I meet Nesbeth when I think I meet Nesbeth when I 12, go around a Juice Land. I a DJ competition around there, so I'm in my school uniform, go around there. For them time, the mega band time around the place and doom, 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 and Nesbeth win the night there. I think I was in eighth grade in Excel. I was 12 year old at the time, 11, 12. Nesbeth win. And then when I was 15 now, I meet Dan English around at Waltham and I was a student. And I'm going to see him school uniform. Hmm. Yeah. So I do the road as Zulkli Youth. Still, I think I'm going to turn a soldier. So, okay. Still, I think I'm going to lock up some police and some people. You understand. You brought it up earlier. This infamous, famous, freestyle inside of Don Carleone's studio and even the funny thing with it if you even noticed that studio wasn't it was called Vendetta at that time there because he didn't really he wasn't a hundred percent up and running but this freestyle had you Calico Vibes Cartel Basie and I think two more people tell me about that day and Desperado how Reagan. yes tell me how that even came about so as I tell you earlier on as a kid my musical intelligence and openness and awareness was like always on peak. So we were quite aware of 
what it, situations when it comes to musically and always ready to exploit any opportunity. So I was walking in half a tree, passing the skate land, and I see this guy walking past with a camera at the time. So them camera at the time, you know, as a journalist or videographer people have, have them big on the shoulder, you have one of the medium-sized camcorder type of something them. So the camera was enough for me to ask him which media entity him work with. Cause me know say maybe this is a connection. Cause we're young artists who know the media connection. So him, him, him introduced himself as David Mullins and say him come from Florida and him come, him give me a business card called Real Vibes Studio or Real Vibes.net or something like that, the card that I say. And him say him come from Florida and him come for record Vibes, Carl, Vibes Cartel up by Dan Carly on the studio the following day, two o'clock. So me come, remember, say me tell him I come for up a papi inside Mona, papi in all them places I was tramping, grunk and music, I'll go up Valley, primary school, and I go Excel, so I have a pass back and forth, all them places I would place. So, Dan Carly in the studio, I got Dan Carly in the studio, long time, I know Dan Carly, the reason why the studio named Vendetta is because Dan Carleone did have the sound called Vendetta. Mm -hmm. The sound system and him and Cool Face was the selector. Right. So we know that from them I come at Arrows and we are young artists at Arrows. And I remember the first time when, we, when Natural Bridge put out the first rhythm, Bitter Blood. No, no, um, Bitter Blood. Um, Rice and Peas. And I had the song, Yalio, good, 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 good. And that was 2003. So 2003, I made um, Dan Carleone Vendetta sound mixtape. So, you know, when you make an uptown, them man, they're uptown kid, you know, I say, my mom of Colombian or something. You understand? So, when you see them uptown guy, put your, your music on them record, them, 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 the mixtape. And I never knew these people with the downtown denarius, them, they're uptown. And I said, wow, make a vendetta tape. I wow, me a boss man. Them, that two years after before me get number one, but them things, there's a signs for you no know, say, you're on the trajectory, you know. But of course, I had management and things at the time. So, things that I look up. And um, so when him tell me say Vendetta Studio Dan Carleone, me I like okay, I'm link them. Though. So when him say two o'clock, me dey day eleven. Zin me dey day eleven, I can go make a orange, a little banana, a little bottle of water, a little herbs and thing. And you know me I say so. Him him did say freestyle, right? At the time, BT was a thing, and we watch Tigger in the basement. And when Tigger go carry yeah. the artist in the basement, I freestyle them freestyle off at the top of them them brain. So when the man say freestyle now, me as a musical purist at the time, still is, you know, me I say, me I say, I freestyle, god damn, I forgot sure, me, me, me musical skill, cause you always a clash on them thing that, me, me, me the developer, a thing where, when me and a man a clash, or me and two person, or three person, they on the scene, I clash at one time, me usually broke up my song them in a segment, because me know, say, once me get a forward from the first three or four line, me can stop, and then when my time come again, me continue with the same song, and then me continue with the next verse, and so them can't run me out a song because I sing one song multiple times. So me was at the developer strategy where if a man sing something or build something in my head and try to counter it on the stage. So me and I sing me a build in my head. So through the months of freestyle now, I go to early 11 o'clock and I kind of go over some things in my head just to try to have some idea and I try to say, all right, maybe I can say this and just try to have a bunch of stuff in my head. When I go in a studio, if you watch a freestyle good enough, I mean, Vibes Cartel alone in a day, the boot at the beginning of the freestyle, and there was, and that did. I don't know why the internet just have that part alone, but there's a other part that that is part the second part. Okay, there's a part one. There's a part one with me and Cartel. Remember when it started recording a year, 
Um, when paper um, vibe machine, play skate machine. When paper Japan, play skate machine. And then you come in and start singing immediately. That is not the start of the freestyle. That's not. There's a that's part not one. No, okay. because you see this recording start when we're actually in the middle of a, of, of the vibes cartel in the middle of singing True. a song when the recording starts. That's not the beginning of the recording. You know, in the recording, I'm many, many age alone. Many I'm alone. And the way all we did have control of the situation so much. Me have my herbs at bun in the recording room. If you look, you see me in the smoke, in the vicing room. You understand that we are country, we are done, them are big friend and me and cartel are Lincoln. We are bad boy in the streets, we are rough artists in the streets, and I'm more on my place. I'm papi in Augustown, the whole of them places I'm a place. I go school, me two school them, I'm a three school them. Around the place we know everybody. So we feel a certain amount of authority at the time, and then we meet the guy yesterday. And the guy said, Come today. No boy can't tell me none. The man we meet him, and him said, Come. And I'm a friend, him shooter. No boy can't tell me, me now going out of booty. We're determined as we clear them time. So I'm going there and start DJ and cartel and thing and thing and thing. And when the vibes reach to a certain point, and the vibes, them, the, the rest of them, them come around one, one, two, two, come man start coming to the studio and you know, phone call and make your cartel then. And Monday I would come around, you know, studio start full up. You see me? So Calico did it, Reagan did it, um, Desperado did it, BSC did it, Zane. And all of the man them in the freestyle, I sing them regular song them. I was the only one in that freestyle, actually freestyling, building okay. up things that for my head. Or the idea that when we did have a couple of hours earlier, when we did having a made family. If you look on the thing again, I am the only one who stutter. I am the only one who made any little type of mistake in the singing. Reason being, freestyle. It's a freestyle. This is original. Yeah, if I if I did ever listen, to me every time somebody tell me that yo that freestyle with you and vibes cartel and if them know how much, me just said to myself, say, damn, me always regret. Like me, I say yo, why me never got? Why people think me got hard? Why people think me got hard? Another thing that if them ever understand how much harder, me could have got the time with the leaks and when I have as a young artist not recording. And we just build up song because each new rhythm come out, each new style come out. You just have build up song and up song. So we are going to stay trying to sing song. We are both place before song reach ready. So as an artist, we have storage of songs. Because we not record officially. So if me did ever sing my song, Vibes can't tell I sing all them songs, they mean every set. Regular song. Desperado sing regular song. Every man in there sing regular music with them up. T.O.K. B.S.C. come sing him song where we I play on the radio at the time and the biggest artist in there bigger than Vibes Cartel at the time. In that at freestyle. At that time there. T.O.K. Mm -hmm. A bigger artist for Vibes Cartel at that time. Mm -hmm. Because T.O.K. And them come sing them new song. You're um, right. Because um, we mix up the logo with the Tai Chi. That's Chi the, yes. If you look on the freestyle it gets such a big forward in the freestyle. Mm -hmm. T.O.K. was like the number one artist at the time and them did have Chichi man, and then them come up with that one named Tai Chi. Licks up the logo with the vibe. Strengthen on me back now. And that song that would have mash up the place. So if you look at the forward from the freestyle, it was genuinely like, yo, the money, a big artist at the place. Like. You know what I said? <laughs> <laughs> now, my condemnation is a classic, classic, classic freestyle. When I sat down with Cool Face, he gave me his version. When I sat down with Basie, he gave me his version. So now I'm sitting down with you. You give me your version of because that that's a video that it just seems to come up every year. It has a resurgence. You always see it. 
It have a viral, it viral. All right, listen to me. This thing has been recorded 16, 17 years. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, I'm not lying. But my mother graves. Every week, somewhere, somehow, oh, one weird, one other, somebody tell me, say, either them text me, either them call me, or them see me in the streets. DJ, you know me that watch the other day? I'm going to just done them sentence. Yeah, man. The freestyle, freestyle. thing with me and cartel. Yeah. It has become part of dancehall and part of my presence as a dancehall artist, so to speak, that I can, anytime anybody approach me and say, you know me that watch the other day? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Me know exactly where I watch, bro. Yes, I know. Yeah, me know. The, you know what you think with me and Cartel. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Freestyle, you know it was big, big, big. Was that the only time you and Cartel actually freestyle or did a studio session or anything back then? In that, in that type of manner? Yes. Um, but Cartel, in other times, me and him in other um, type of musical situations, you know, me I say, I saw him sit down, me and him sit down and then I see him vendetta studio there. I see him sit down and write three songs in front of me and record. Cause at the time he had three different students in the one place up at Dan Carly on it. And I see him record three different radio in front of me, write the song them in front of me, write, I'm going to the studio and record and then come back and sit down at the same spot and start writing and I talk to you, you know? and I talk to you too. And I write and get up, go record, come back out. Um, and um and him come even my student natural bridge come record him work with we and snow cone them pan rice and peas come up and rice and peas with him so there's mm -hmm. various encounters enough stage shows in the street me apart not par but me know of vibes cartel and i interact with vibes cartel from vibes cartel was vibes cartel with three people from adibantan was just adibantan yeah mm -hmm. vibes cartel was a crew and then when the crew yep. dismantle adibantan take the name and call himself alone vibes cartel so and from them time, the way I interact with the G, you see me, I say, I know that the G was an alien. For sure. Because I know when it comes to freestyles, if you really look good, that's one thing you almost seem to specialize in. Because I could think about five, six, seven, eight videos watching you freestyle, freestyle. There was another one where it was, this might have been over by Natural Bridge Studio, where it was you, I think Blackman was in there, Rumblood was in there. Then you did this song, call um when last all right you see okay. that song there no rush talk to studio so watch this now um black man was in i know the other freestyle that that that, that other freestyle was a chris sata freestyle with me and black man but black man was not in that particular one by natural bridge it was g mafia one of my artists where they are england yes. right now where yes. i go yes. yes. g it was g mafia me and, and me and what them so it was like a ripple a replication, not a replication, but somewhat of the same format of what we did. Because them years, when we do the freestyle, my mom and I have hypocrite, you know. I wasn't Mr. Pepper, 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 you know. Me and Mr. Pepper, Pepper, them days, eh? Hypocrite come after that damn 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 young artist days when you still have bunks. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going if most Mr. Pepper, when I did this at 11 o'clock, when I drive home, I dropped up my man and I sit there as Mr. Pepper. I got this at 11 o'clock. I got it at 2 o'clock when that time or 1 30 before that. But yeah, I don't remember the year where it was, but it was um, early 2000s. Yeah. 
early 2000s. I remember Dan Carly on it just start come over upon the recording side at them time. Them, they even bust it. The students still named Vendetta. You see me? So it was, a, it was when time everything had emerged. Dan Carly on it just come out at the time there. You know, Vibes Cartel, the, the, the peak of going over to really like taking over the whole thing as the whole thing. I mean, I if at that time TOK did even bigger than Vibes Cartel at, the, at that precise moment there. But Vibes Cartel was a big artist, same way. You know what I said? But TOK, them think they're different. But um, TOK, them bust long before. And have uh, much hits and uh, come up and TOK, them bust in the days of crew. Can remember even Vibes Cartel, it was a crew. For sure. So, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, but that freestyle that moment was a classic moment, you know? Yeah, man. The freestyle when you gave them the when last. This is one of the craziest girl songs yeah, when last. somebody put together. In a structure, a song like that. Tell me about that freestyle with that song there. So we was at the studio by Natural Bridge. And, um, you know, we always a thing about content and all them stuff there. And the same, I think it's the same guy, Carlington Wilmot, did record the session there. So I don't quite remember. But, um, yeah, it was just like we was a strand to just use the same formula. Not, or not formula, but just use the same type of method in terms of putting out content. You know, getting our content out there. And um, so me and Wadem decided to do it in that format. And we have new artists in that place, G Mafia at the time, where me and G Mafia are par from before my boss. So, you know, so my boss and get number one now. I drive, have my brother in the studio. So, me and I leave him out and nothing, especially a situation where we know so this thing I'll go get broadcast or published out there in the world. So, you know, all opportunity. Um, the win last now was just really like bugging around. I was never ever taking that situation, that song serious. Um, it the kind of like the kind of over the top to me at the time the language you know what I said because we did a come in a way where even though it was street we did understand say you have to articulate yourself in a certain type of way you know so um, my manager never liked that song that is why the world never really know that song that the real way it record I really build oh, it so could build the okay. really feet it real it record and so could release it like maybe in a COVID time two years ago and look on the freestyle when we sing that that sing from two thousand and Six, seven, round this up. The freestyle in a natural bridge. And Suku released it 2021 or somewhere, round this up. That's why. You see me, I said, because my manager never like it. Natural bridge, him never like it. Because at the time, him, they are foreign and, and we come up with the idea, bugging out and come out with the idea. And we met the rhythm car. Remember, I said, we are the artists and me and Suku, them in a studio. Him, the control production. And we control production. Him, the promotion and money dealings. You see me? So, mm -hmm. We met the product them. We come up with the idea them I would do musically. And we send the chuck the game. Him not like it. Cause it's the bad word and the way we are cursed and uh, go on night. And I said, why not really you would this? Uh? I said, I'm team. You know me as a street artist. How you get to know me? As from the streets, you know me. So them sang a street song. So him never paid much point on the record inside, but I continued to perform it and see it show. So is is a is a song where the people them where where Hardcore to Mr. Pepper settings, you know, then we know that the song that went last is a song where from time to time, you know, is a song where we use it as various reasons, but it's not something when we perform readily. But if me in a situation and a girl, like you meet up on a stage and a girl might say something smart to me, or say something, try insult me or try shade me or try do anything in a negative way, I'm sorry for them, because I'm going to say, level me. Imagine. 
Yes, I'm a travel farm come because remember me not live no rich but the travel farm way, way at what bagar. I don't know why I come holding an honest bread. Let me ask you something. When last you look at work, when last you rest you keep one week straight and not touch. When last you keep your legs shut, yet you sleep and wake up on your pocket, no bro. Don't you girl. When last your papa tag, remember me tell you, Shaga sorry. You see me? Listen. Shaga. That's like a that's a bet. real modern matey type of but yeah. I don't understand why your management wouldn't think that fits your brand because this time, is where yeah, even though the, he here street you, but it was still that was a real dirtyish, grimy, yes, grimy, kind of grimy dirt yes. street. Yeah, yeah. And you know, say the other day, I said to one of my bridging, say, you know, say if a girl did sing that song, that maybe it would have. A better effect in retrospect. No, you know, I say, I think about it. I say, yo, if a girl did sing that song, they did have, you know, maybe that. Because remember, it's a girl that chase a girl. So it's not a song where I readily sing sometimes because like a man I get going to a girl. So I wait until there's a moment where I face a, a adversarial type of situation, especially if I'm a female, then they utilize a song. That, you understand? <laughs> because of the nature, it, it, I go get, you know, this is a graphic hard. So I kind of leave when last has. Uh, 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 you know, a secret weapon for anybody which I support a place, especially like girl. You know, maybe I girl. This is where, okay, so you have hypocrite talk. As I said, you have your freestyles going on and all that. But your next hit would have been Gangsta Gorilla. And right. I think that was um, Word 21 also you um, worked with. Um. Well, this, well, why did produce talk and natural bridge? My management was the one who actually produced gangster gorilla but okay. it the rhythm was made by conley and birch mm -hmm. that are christopher birch you know so um i remember this night specifically so when hypocrite came out and you know the freestyle thing them are going and all that wayne marshall car alliance at them time they you know so wayne marshall come along choo -choo -choo, come along now and thing and i mush up the place and thing and me and wayne marshall get cool because you know we are in the street youth and we are 21 and the whole thing and i remember um I wanted to do a collaboration with Wayne Marshall. So my manager thought it was a good idea and um, said I should write the, the, the song. So I'm going to write the hook. It was called Life of a Superstar. I'm not sure if it is released. I never even researched that song because management is a bug out. But anyway, I'm going to do the song with um, Wayne Marshall, Life of a Superstar. I don't think they actually released that song at the time. Mm -hmm. But we was doing music, like putting music together to release and stuff. And Wayne Marshall was number one at the time. And it was a Saturday night. And um, I have this studio session run by Shaggy Studio to record this damn gangster gorilla song. But at the same time, Wayne Marshall is number one. I just did this collaboration with him. And he's performing at Woolmer's barbecue, his high school barbecue by Ronnie Williams. So this is huge. <laughs> school barbecues. In the 2000s and them time, they're like huge, you know, man. And Woolmans are uptown things. So I say, oh, this is a good chance to tap in from the uptown side and can we get the youth. You see, man. So actually, yeah. I tap in from some of them fear, fair skin people and fear here people. You know, man. So, so why go to in Marshall? But me, I forgot to do the record this song. So I remember the night I'm going around there and the man them never have the rhythm. The rhythm of a bill. So I'm going there and start singing. Sure, we alone in the studio. Me, Conley. And Birch, three of us alone record that song. They build the rhythm, a DJ, and they build the rhythm around it. The gully slime, and they were going there, and I was rushing. 
Marshall. I wanted to get this thing over with, bro. I got to go. I want to roll it with Marshall. I want to go sing my number one song. And I want to go sing with this number one artist. I have a number one song. He's number one. Like, this moment is perfect. Like, can't feel. You know what I mean? I all the girls, they man. You know, you met 25. You know what I mean? I think about, yeah, man, get out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, record the song tonight. Reading Bill, I'm a record and leave them in that studio. Gone. Jumping on my car and gone. Ronnie Williams Entertainment Center link up with Wayne Marshall. Choo choo choo. Run up on stage and lock down the place and, you know, wicked vibes. Wicked, wicked, wicked. My song was a single, right? Gangster Gorilla. But because of the close affiliation with me and War 21, you know, say anything with them, say we well, work with. So Conley decided he wanted to make a, a song on the rhythm um, called um, Garrison. In a day, Garrison, 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 full of power, yeah. Garrison, Garrison. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Yeah, Conley was yeah, War 21 was. So it was really like me and War 21 alone upon the rhythm. I played for like six months upon the radio. As me I tell you, my management at the time, the man them run the, the, the man them control the radio. And the song they're like, the man them have the program lock. Anyway, mm -hmm. the song I play, Mataran. So we on Copper Shot, because Copper Shot studio, they're right in the same vicinity as Natural Bridge. We either around the road from Stone Love, Rebel T, the next door. We mixing love the next door to Rebel T. Um, Demarco down the road next door, right in a Copper Shot, Shaggy across the road. Mixing the world, studio world. So it's just a studio, all studios in the whole vicinity. Yeah, you know, one look at the end, yeah, I legit and scatter them there, right on the next avenue. Everything you can, bro, listen to me. Every one of these two women mentioned, you can literally walk. Every one of them, literally, some of them each and the next door, each other. Right? Mm -hmm. So it was one little zone there, which was Stone Love and Shaggy, them and Natural Bridge, them and everybody there. So Kappa shot them down the road, right? It's across from, right? Exactly, literally across from Shaggy, them. You can stay and look on the next gate, next gate and look on the gate, yeah? And Conley call me one day and I say, I'm done a Kappa shot and meet right up the road up on my studio. Natural Beach, I'm going to go down the road from the same avenue, go check Kapashat, Mataran in there, Pampute in there, Pampute in there, and two more girls from Fletcher's land. Three girls in the studio with Mataran. Pampute named Bujo at the time. She was not DJ, she was mm. none. She was just a, a girl with power and have enough chat in her mouth. And Mataran love hang out with them girls because them a game, them little street tag, them, them come from Fletcher's land, down them places, uh, 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 some suave type of getter. Them get her there, some suave type of get her where them build slang, them build dance, them build style, flavor. So, Mataran hanging out with the girls, them getting all these ideas and stuff. So, they were in the studio. If you listen, Mataran record, new intro, Mataran song. Mm -hmm. Who is on that intro? Paupute. In this village. Yeah, Paupute. So, Abujo, she didn't name Kartila, but. A, a deeper type of voice. Mm -hmm. She was an artist at the time. At them time, they start tinkle and tinkle with the idea. Because the song boss. She named Pampute, you know. Remember Abuja, she named her. And when she said Pampute, from out of the African movie, them. So she named Pampute, like oh, Ricky Rudy. Didn't Ricky Rudy, aka Bling Dog. And people just love him, do the Bling Dog. And just see my star call him Bling Dog. So, so, so Pampute do the slang and Abuja, she didn't You see me? So, uh, Mother and Company read him now, six months after. Get rid of my next boots. We decide 
management decided to them and make the rhythm into a juggling rhythm. The rhythm was not originally a juggling rhythm. It was my next single. It was a single. Okay. We'd, we obliged War 21, them complimentary bonus track. Mataran come now, riding high after Dotty Wide. Mm-hmm. So, where I go say, no. Vice Mataran, Lexus, and my manager first. My mom tell her earlier in I can just say, she said, my manager was one of the man who discovered Lexus first from him, was just a Spraga Lexus. And oh, we know for Vice Lexus. So Lexus and Vegas end up to a combination pandy with him. Move out of the pandy with him. Um, and who was an artist the pandy with him? And who was an artist? So Elephant Man here. Mm-hmm. Mataran sang pandy with him and decided to say he wanted to follow pandy with him. Also, to kind of him and what 21 them and what them are linked with Pepper them and Ray Tete. From Elephant Man and Serene Man come from him. One day we go down to hire him. Me and my management, because you know, we can't show the ground. Them ten they could have gone and hire him and drive in and stuff. You can't do that no more. So we did on there talk to GT Taylor and Mighty Mike. I play. So after Mighty Mike come off, GT is supposed to go out. So Mighty Mike come off, GT go out. We are Mighty Mike at that now, because you know we are set program. New tune, whatever for run, cookie for run, boom, bang, bang. Business ideally. You see what I say? GT just talked to for all long and gone up in his studio. Then they talked to Mighty Mike. All of a sudden, we see GT Taylor come down. And I said, he want to talk to me. He want to say, Mark, Mark and Pepper, come here. And I called him in an urgent way. When we go over to GT, you know, GT and me couldn't say, yo, he say a memo in his studio. We said, Gangster Gorilla, no longer for play on the radio. So we start wondering how I go on. So we go to boom and all the way back to Kingston, my heart dropped. Because Ochi with it and all the way back to Kingston. My mom is number one. I said, what kind of obstacle in my new career be? What me do broadcasting commission? What me do? You see? Mm-hmm. But you know them band song for the least. Because them band enough song. Daddy don't touch me there. Them band and them song. No matter yeah, if you sing about politician, I mention politician and them something. Them band them song then quietly. And you wonder, oh, you know your certain song from the radio? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you think, so, this jacket just not played. I uh, band them, band them thing. The memo issue. Anyway, we call Broadcasting Commission the next morning. Broadcasting Commission said, them nah, nothing for doing banning of my music. So we decided, say, okay, this look like I want different type of game I play right so, so we link up some man. Don't I refer him there? We'll set in the program. And one of the man, them are not going to call this this jacket name. Because you know, I'm not coming up for the controversy on the real way. But you know, we are the real thing. I don't know. Maybe the next day we'll call him a name. But I'm not going to call him name right now. But that particular man look power straight now. I, and them man, a man where we set program ready. And the man there looking away at her, we say, yo, love it. At this jacket, I tell, we, for our production, for our rhythm, where we spend our money and our run, and I did pee, I tell, we, say, love it. That means where I say, this thing bigger than we, then. And it's from certain man come from the rhythm. From certain man come from the rhythm, brother. Me hear some song get, ban my youth, and me tell her, say, the particular individual again, you know, this particular individual again, hear what him do? He have a conversation with my manager. This particular individual, him the same gully slime rhythm with gangster gorilla the pan. He more a conversation, a three and a half conversation with my, with, with my manager on a plane from Jamaica to New York or from New York to Jamaica. I don't know which one of the leg them, but he have a conversation and from that day, <laughs> that was the beginning 
of the ending of me a natural bridge record because that man come to me with a reason where he must say, he must come to me with an energy based off a reason where he mold with this particular artist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And from the man, well, the particular reason with the artist, with the Pangolin slime with him, will come after vicing up and him come after. From that day, I hear some song of a play. Pahiri FM again. And then I see some man pan zip. And you have some man pan Harry who decides to say them now work with the code. Like GT say them now work with the code. And, and, and Smurf couldn't work with the code because Smurf did under our settings. So he couldn't work with that. But I listen to some other man pan some other station. And all of them play the music in what when they draw on the slime with him. We don't mind song. I didn't draw the song them in one particular order. So I say, yeah, you, you mean for tell me, say, a man come from my rhythm and set the program from my rhythm and get me out for in order to get a foot up from my beat? Yo, I told me I want to call a man the name in the car. You know, more you know, I talk certain things without 1,000% because these things just work off of just intuition and energies and common sense. Who knows? We don't know and, 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 and certain man track record too. Certain things a certain man do other artists do. Because remember in you know, the music things are corrupted thing. You know. Dance our business, yeah. Remember, you know, when I come in a music business, I come in from a Rasta house. See? So me did believe say, everybody was at Church by Israel where I love our unity. And then you listen to the radio, you hear these artists sing these type of music. So, and you think say, yo, I, I, I was naive. You know, I say I, I think the music was a happy go lucky and I love and joy and everybody did it for everybody like a Church by Israel, a one family. Zine, and, and I'm going to realize that the music are full of viper and full of serpent and you don't have to do them nothing more than show potential. That's it. Zine, because I remember, mm. I remember one night, I do, do fully loaded with Ashanti mm -hmm. and Jarul okay. and, 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 and Wycliffe, because Wycliffe and Snow Cone are big friends and Wycliffe did dip and rice and peas with him. Zine, and Wycliffe and Snow Cone are big friends, so... Wycliffe are coming to Jamaica, come and fully loaded and thing, and we and Wycliffe them are rolling. Them time they, for sure, yeah. Them time they have a track them, and arrows do play. And they say you track them play, pan. Duck play. Mm -hmm. You read them, them play, pan. Zane? And I remember, I go up on the stage. And I perform right before Vibes Cartel. Vibes Cartel, remember, we have come from far, you know. Vibes Cartel, come on right after me. Mm -hmm. And when Cartel run on him, say, yo, put more arm to some pussy. Tell, tell see who better than them. Real bad man, I'm a look back. Come off my stage, good. I'm look back from the crowd. I see the whole place light up. I see every head. The way they touch them and light up and gunshot a bit and the gunshot a bit are fully loaded like crazy. Mm -hmm. When you go fully loaded, police block the whole uh, hell shall in a search car. <laughs> you know the man in a big you see me? Yeah, so. Mm -hmm. Then time I just run natural bridge to I don't know if Cartel never realized it. Snow Cone is part of my not management team. But through him don't know Mark Pinnock at the time, him know Snow Cone up on the ground, him don't know say there's a man behind Natural Bridge. Everybody think of Snow Cone. I put out rice and peas with him. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks that Snow Cone I put out. Um, Gully Slime with him and no. No. There's a man behind the system called Mark Pinnock. I him name Natural Bridge, I him have the money, I him have the connection, I him have all of the links, I him make everything happen. Him there foreign. Him live in New York. Snow cone up on the ground. I do all of the works. And we, the young artists, them, they run him and Sheena. We know Sheena when Sheena comes. Sheena at uh, 11. Sheena first song where him sing. School. It is important. 
You have to do your homework before you start ramp. From the rice and peas with him, because we are showing him say youth have educated, because we are sprague them up all them time, then Sassin come round and sprague tell Sassin say him have to graduate from six farm before him come in a red square. And Sassin go graduate from six farm, camper down. So we did big man education and know that Miss Pepper come from Excelsior. Sassin them and, and Brigitte Benz them come from camper down. And, 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 and she, you know, you have to, you have, you have to follow the harder. We are trying to make the youth, because the rest of them, they done big already. She, you know, was the youngest. Still in a school, so I said, youth, education. So that are the first two to come out with Shana, with Natural Bridge, from the rice and peas with them. School is important. You understand? So at the time now, you don't know, as me, I said, where, 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 where I do the work and people, they think that snow cone was the whole thing and I know so there's an next man. So after the stage show now, mm -hmm. fully loaded. Cartel talked to snow cone, that day after, a couple days after, whatever. And I say, yo, you know, so I'm done, the boy, Pepper. Zane. I remember, you know, I look at the thing as a competition, but cartel, I look at the thing like, because man is a man in pre-deep, you know, brother. Remember, you know, Gaza man pre-forward, you know, he's a man in pre-to the future, and pre-like a chessboard. He look at everything we got on before time, so. Gaza man says, that boy, I come here. Boy, I forward as a threat in the business, you know. Him have management, him have team, and re te te and re 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 But him, you know, so the same snow cone, them on my team. And he might talk to Snow Cone and I say, yo, come done the boy paper last night and re 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 and re re and he might have it as a competition for going and get bigger forward than me. Them time they even know say the the, the G I pre say is about the G priest aversive. <laughs> yeah, so him proactive, him the reactive. Him, him pick out the chat all winter, you know, see yourself as a chat, him see you as a chat and pick you out. You all a bus blank for some way, you know, say him sing that half of you. Chop half of your head. So crazy. You know, that was part of the whole thing where we, we, we just know that so the music business is, you know, the music business can be corrupted. You know, I say, you don't really have to be, um, you know, a conscious shit to nobody like you think that, yeah, that man, they fear me. It not for you even reach this, you know, for people try to be an obstacle or blockade and just see the potential sometime. And, you know, I mean, I say cartel. That's why I black her now. But just to show you examples of how oh, you can't be naive about the business. Cartel is just a very competitive artist. And um, if, if you is the next thing coming, believe me, and he's there, you, you, you will have him to contend with. Even if him now come be aggressive towards you, he might challenge you musically. That me, you drop a girl song, all right? Me, I drop five girl song, I show you my bad idea. You drop a gun song, all right? Me, drop 10 guns and chase him about that. You drop a culture song, me drop 20 and show him about that. So him warrior in that way. <laughs> I said, that boy, in a bad light, me. Yeah, I said, be not over this, I'm in your own business. So, yeah, it's just the competitive nature of Cartel and he's an alien. So, you know, and about the mistake, Gaza fans don't mistake, you know, and, and things that I try to refer to Cartel and I know we like him, but my minister shows it, dude, competitive and, and you have to be very aware. You cannot be naive. And we're coming at music with a certain level, a high level of naivety. You understand? And things reach me late when, when, I, when I comprehend late because I never exposed to certain nature of people as a youth because I did kind of sheltered around 12 tribe and this camaraderie of this family, this huge family of love. You know, man, so I'm coming at music now and come experience certain raw things for yourself for the first time. It was kind of jolting. You know, and 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 re and it was not remedied in ways of, or it should be remedied because of yeah, 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 the shock state where this thing put you in. You know, I understand how to react towards it because I never know how to react towards um, when them band me song, how to use the media, you know, and how to 
use my fans them and, and rebel and, and make this situation being known. Mm-hmm. What more did I play some nice guy role, which was a rank tap. You know, I said I should have got on the offensive and thing and, and show some boys so I'm afraid of them. But, you know, you have to take enough things in your mind because these guys are going to go up against a bigger artist who have more influence me out in the street where I have a crew I protect me. I never come in a, the music from a ghetto with a whole ghetto about me. Like I have the whole of Tivoli and the whole of some place about me. You know, so when I step out, all 100 bus said they're behind me. I don't come in the business. So when I forward in a music business, people say where them foreign boy you come from. Come yeah, here, you have video a, you number have one and Cadillac G Pan. Where them foreign boy you come from with them bag of money. Mm-hmm. So otherwise on the real street when no week. I remember we street. But the larger public are fans. Well, musical peers know it. And them know say stealing little bread at that time. You know what I say? But the larger public on the level there. Just see me appear out of the blue, so to speak, to them. Mm-hmm. Cause Mr. Pepper was brand new, like we just come out and come number one. But them understand say I will stages that I go on where them never know about. And you know, just forward na music and sound so. And, you know, just forward and deliver music so. You know, just forward and just get hit songs so that happens. So you have to have a stage where I grow from, even if I'm under no. So you know, we forward na business and certain things. And if I could do certain things over, I would have done a lot of things different. But we can't do it on that. We don't think that way. We don't think about if we could have done over things. We just learn and apply the, the lesson that is learned in the forward movement. So would you say that's why after Gangster Gorilla came out, you were still doing songs, but we didn't see the prominent Mr. Pepper like how we did after Gangster Gorilla came out. We heard songs because we know I know you did the song with you and Bounty, um, Grown God Gorilla, and then you did another one with him at Ira again, and you were doing songs with all type of people, Marshall, Kabaka, Pierre, Lexus, but we didn't see that hypocrite talk, that Gangster Gorilla same energy like one time. Okay, so separate and apart then, separate and apart then unseen forces within the music. I pulled them string and I do them thing against Mr. Pepper at the time. I think there was great fault in lack of proper management. Well, the management team was solid. Mark this, right? The management team was solid, proper infrastructure, proper networking. But I think that when, when, when we get the big break and hypocrite and gangster gorilla and all of that stuff going on, like I think the mistake was made in sheltering me. Because I was never that type of artist from the get-go. I was a street artist. You know, the streets know we, you know what I mean? I was there in every ghetto, a DJ and everything. Cash up at Gully Bank, to Rockford, to Portmore, to country, anywhere in it. We sleep, we listen to the radio and say, okay, you know what? That show the sound like the media got it. So I go find myself at the show with it. Boss got it. Wait on the segment where say, all the young artists that want to DJ come backstage and write up your name. That is some of the days and where we are touch out. Seeing so. We know we were credible enough in the street at the time, and my management did try to shelter me in a way where I don't know if I'm going to try a baby sham, Dave Kelly type of scenario where sham was a clean cut, carry himself type artist of sham, assassin, Mr. Pepper, them was type of artist where them did kind of put me in a category where. People say, yeah, them youth are smart, them look good, them intelligent, them deliver a certain type of music where um, the streets can't deal with, but they still can manage themselves in other situations. And with the kind of, I put in other 
that intelligent bracket type of artist type of vibes there. And him, my manager, maybe did I try kind of lean into that. But I don't think the type of artist when I was at the time and to all my boss and what was there to be exploited was fully exploited. And right. we never got record for certain type of people that was needed to record because I'm upon this prissy type of uptown type of when I was never that. You know, I said, well, I'm bored house with Zinc Crew. Zinc Crew, Beta Roadside, Carewater, Nana TV, Nana Light. You know, I said, we're at the streets. So we know how to apply that energy there with all of this and him confine me. I remember the first time I got a New York and him have me up in a new Rochelle, up in a, some damn apartment like Rapunzel up there, look down upon the kingdom. I mean, I don't know what's going in the Bronx. I want to go down in the Bronx. I want to go to Brooklyn. I want to go with them because 90s and 50s. And, so after Gangster Gorilla, not recording, all these records that you mentioned a while ago with me, Killer, came in later days after me and Natural be dissolved years after, understand? But in the immediate time of the period of 2005 to 2008, when me and them break off, we never did. I remember me and them followed from 2000. So from 2000 to 2008 was the run for me and Natural Bridge. Now we got the break 2005. So the it period was from 2005 to 2008 approximately. Now I don't think we made the moves within five and eight. We, we should have made the move them in terms of getting songs in places with producers that um, would have continued this trajectory. And he had all the network, he had all the links, he had all everybody in the links. He had every radio, this jockey in him. The links. He have every editor, the newspaper, the TV stations. And for some reason, he considered that he wanted a certain project, which we never have no problem with. But I think more was needed. And the lack of that work and this particular artist or all this conversation with my manager from New York to Jamaica. And the man come to me, never the same. I never see my manager the same after him tell me, say, just have a conversation on the plane with this man and him come with all these different energy projections. Like, him, he, he, like a man, they attack in a way towards me and him take it. And act like a man that say, yo, yeah, it's a joke, man. Him now do this, him now do that. And him, him, meanwhile, that man, they never like me. You come from my rhythm and get me song. Stop playing. You know what I'm saying? Because at the time, he was... <clears throat> Not a very normal artist. Mm -hmm. Them they did was the heights of corruption. When controlled radio, when they talk about controlled radio and corrupt radio man and corrupt the airwaves and corrupt airplay, this man up on the forefront height. He is one of the man up on gully slime with him. Nothing now go on female now, a buffalo and a buffalo and a try come out. Can't find no energy. You understand? So then come with them bad vibes and them bad energy and lack of management. Proper moves now make, the chess move them off of me now make, and 2008, me and management dissolve. And from there, I just continue just to record, but the machinery and the money we take and the networking we take to bring music to the forefront. Don't think you hear this music and hear these artists on the forefront just like that. You know, if TJ never followed from country and decided to say, you know, I'm mean, going to six up my thing, I'm going to go ramish, I'm go ramish. Ramesh as a businessman that have the network and the thing take him career to a next level. Him and Ramesh part and him go to who? Sharon Burke and next Talwat and next giant. And I link with Shaggy them to think a career to a next level. You have to have these things in place. And if TJ did leave Ramesh and never find back a solid settings 
Pardon the pun. But Talid Agency, if him never find back on solid settings, <laughs> you know what I say? Who to tell? And management is very important. Because me, you know, say, what is happening for TJ right now is not just because of him being a talented artist. Mm -hmm. No way. This, 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 because this, you're this talented. A little bit of talent, but a lot of business. A lot of business. And a lot of networking and a lot of who you're inked on the paper with, a lot of who you're connected with. And for him link up with Sharon and Shaggy, the man thing take a different turn, brother. Whether he's going to be in the Billboard R&B or whatever, you know what I say? And Shaggy was one of the first man who said, yes, my little son, yes, my little brother, congratulations. And I tell a man from where they say, yo, Reginald is if I'm TJ Link with Shaggy and TJ Link with Sharonberg. You think it's Joe? You think Shaggy just a link with no man? If you just know, say, yeah, my man TJ Link. Shaggy another type of man there. Shaggy go make things happen, brother. Brother, Shaggy is a man who make things happen for people who associate with him, people who work with him, him band member them, him, 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 him fellow artists them who tour with him and 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 him care upon shows and, and him backup singer them, him, 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 him chef and everybody, everybody all right. Shaggy them make sure say the man they understand what it takes to keep things together. Even though at the end him and film team same way, but even watch an interview with with, with Robert Livingston and I'm sure said there was a mistake that he made. There was things that him did where them did do wrong, where them never understand, and I shock it that. So imagine Mr. Pepper now where I face situations, brother, where my mistake them more detrimental than Shaggy's mistake. Shaggy make mistake and still come out a billionaire. My mistake them appear for them different, you understand? So we all can do things better, and, and we just have to take the lessons and move forward, but we just know that don't think some music just happen, just so. things happen strategically. Every now and then, a little anomaly come along, a gully bop will rise out from nowhere where nothing to control. It is just the natural energy and all of the stars that might line up. And well, then that's and not things what happen. always happens. Mm -mm. No, no, no. That just happened ever, ever, ever hundred years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but okay, but there will happen now. So you broke off with your management in 08. Okay, so then you're trying to figure it out. But then I think in 09, Steely had died now. In 09. Yeah, so my, my, yeah, my brother died in 09. Um, Diabetes related situation. That was a major loss for me. I never even look at it as a major loss for Mr. Pepper or for my family. This was bigger. Steely is bigger than Mr. Pepper and Mr. Pepper family. Steely is bigger than life. When it comes to music, you understand? So when we lose, steal it, and in turn, cleave it, step back at the same time. So we lose, steal it, and cleave it. That is a detrimental blow to dance. DF Kelly, step back. Kaina Wola, a different type of levels. Now drop the summer bang them and there's something them like, oh, usually, you usually know. Big detrimental. Detriment that the dancer that was not for the, the good a dancer steal it dying not good for dancer rookie production them now produce not good for dancer bulby them man them man they were run the thing again not good for dancer my youth all of these elements that is missing has led to the big change that we have seen in dancer and change is always inevitable but we, we know say change 
over the years, it come under the right guidance and, and the button did an over to the next generation and the next generation moves the, 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 the goalpost further. So we, we, we did see a slight lack in at that right now on certain levels. Um, and we can attribute that to a whole heap of points. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I look on it as one point. Like there's a whole dynamic at play that we can, that me can analyze and say, lead up to the answer state right now, because certain man where the dead has grown the ocean as man we can like actually just listen something now and just be brightest and go in and studio and tomorrow morning music is no longer what it was last night like Dave Kelly and Steely then nothing done like that not in our music again mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you need so, those type of you need those type of people that could move the culture forward not just a song that they produce or artists you know the entire culture because remember Steely and Cleavy are the foundation for reggaeton music, you know, boss. The foundation for our entire different genre of music. Can I come up for the song, them both, the shabba where them produce? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're talking about people that change entire culture, people that impact cultures. And when the man met music, as you say, is not just changing music, it's changing people's lifestyle, people thought process. So when you have these people and these elements missing out of the music, the guidance and the bar, not dead is like no bar not dead is a free for all and the on the bar is here was what was set before. There's no modern bar you know for falla. You know, it's like you know, but eventually we are fitting at the youth MCMA because we know in music, we continue doing something, the more you do it, it's the better you go and get at it. And um, it, it, it's just the changes about things change and oh, it could have been, I would know it could have been slightly different, you know, it's the only thing where we could have said, damn, like, you know what I mean? Only if this, you know, the music would have, you know, like the music would have been in a better state, so to speak, you know? But when I thought done, we just have to say, there can be always improvement, yeah. In anything, even if you're at the top of your game, you could still improve to go even further and all of those stuff there. Because I know you formed your record label, and this seems like this was a, almost like a tribute to Steely, Steel Plate Music, because I'm almost positive he used to have a sound or his brother had a sound named Steel Plate. Right or wrong? No, you have to be a, a, a serious music connoisseur, guru, enthusiast, lover of music. For tell me, say, steal it, the so name, steel plate. You have a great to know that. <laughs> yeah, brother, you have a great to know that. So. Um, actually, yeah, it is actually a tribute to Steely, you know what I say, because of Steel Plate. And that sound was um, supposed to be in England, you know what I say, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what really went on with that, but, um, you know, it is definitely a tribute to Steely. Mm-hmm. And what, what type of um, production, was this more now to do basically what Steely and Cleavy was doing or this was more or less the focus on your career as Mr. Pepper with this yeah, this is, yeah, this is just 
Definitely. This is just to focus, Mr. Pepper. It has nothing really to do with Steele and Cleavy. It is just really just paying homage to my brother and just, you know, just trying to tap in on the energy and the vibe. And this is something that I've been always yearning and have a, 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 a drive for, you know, which is the production side of music. I love producing, I love writing, I love putting projects together from nothing to something. And then you hear it on the radio, then you hear people are singing it. And, you know, it's a different type of joy that, brother. So I'm very passionate about the producing. And, you know, music get more self-reliant now, where you can't wait and nobody out there, you know, opportunities is there for you to help yourself. So that is how Steel Plate Record come around. So, you know, the, the, the label allow me to um, be creative within myself even more. And then, you know, I've released um, other artists on it. Um, my first artist I'm released on it is myself. Um, a song called Can't Hold Me Down. That song was recorded in 20... 15, I think. If I check my email, I would see when I got back the mix. And the mix was like January of 2015. So that song was recorded like months before that car. For me, get up and spend my own money and mix it when it was it, it was supposed to be a, a, another person production, that beat. And I got so frustrated that I said, you know what, no longer. I'm not waiting no longer. So the song was recorded around 2014 and I released it in 2022. And um, that's the first release on the steel plate record, Mr. Pepper Can Hold Me Down. That is currently in an independent movie. And that was made in Las Vegas called um, my, my Father's Keeper. Mm-hmm. And um, it's streaming on Tubi and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's my first production and it ended up in a movie. So, okay. with enough tunes, Bunt, with Bounty Killer, Mavada, Tony Mataran, you name it, a lot of works. And, you know, I'm, I feel proud of myself to know that the first song my label put out, which is my record, made it to a movie, you know. So, um, and then I released Russ Fraser Jr. also on the same beat and um, start second production in um, a new beat coming up for the label. I already recorded Russ Fraser Jr. And um, moving forward, I mean, I really just set until things happen, you know, because sometimes things don't work out as planned, but we're definitely moving forward with a second production um, for 2024. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because I know even 2020, I think it was, you put out your EP and all type of stuff you've been putting into work. Pepper Them was, uh, Pepper Them was the EP that you put Hashtag out. Hashtag Pepper Them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're doing a lot of works, but as you explained earlier in the conversation, it's never really the talent or the music is not the, that's never the issue. It's the business of the business that becomes an issue. Like, okay, I'll do my part here, but I need another entity, another figure, another something to do their part here. So we could do this together to push it to the world where it needs to go. And that is sort of lacking in terms of, because that is where marketing and promotion is concerned. And that take in this time and space, not just networking alone, um, it take a, a different type of approach and finance have to be heavily involved in it and team and basically have a monks entity. You understand? So um, we never really met that discourage or stop the movement at no time because we ourselves have connections going and thing, you know, man? So we just continue doing it because music no live and nobody do special and I know that from experience, you know, so we continue doing work getting it out there in the atmosphere of music, releasing, promoting to the best of our ability. You know, while doing other stuff, cause, you know, currently, you know, I'm doing um, joint projects with my label and and, and uh, um, other labels and stuff. You know, I'm currently doing a lot of writing for other artists and things. So 
you know, we're extending and branching out in music, not just in different frequencies of my sound and exploring my musical talent, but also in production and songwriting and, you know, yeah. Definitely. Cause you could tell your, as soon as we started this conversation, I knew right away that this man here, Mr. Pepper is a different type of artist. Yeah. You do the hardcore dance hall and all of those stuff there, but you could see there's a, as, as you explained it, that baby shamish, that assassin type of vibe to you. You know what I mean? Well-spoken down to earth. Okay. When it's time to go on the stage, then I get crazy and mad, but then I'm back down to earth. I'm probably going to read a book after this or something. So you could see that that's really you. So, okay. Yeah. You could either be a artist on the forefront, pushing it, or, you know, you have the skill set to like, okay, let's invest these talents into somebody else or even into a crew of people to get this job done. You understand? Precisely. Uh, precisely. And you know, that come from being selfless. You know, you have to be selfless in a music you can. And it, it, that is something that is lacking because we're living in a very individualistic time where, you know, the, 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 people just think about me, 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 and not we. But me approaching music, just not think only about Mr. Pepper, but for the collective, you know, uh, 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 um, culture. Because me comes to my mother do it, I'm comes to my bigger brother do it. And so that was already ingrained in the DNA of my musical passion, you know, to be selfless in music. And and I would advise the youths to be cautious because in everything you have to have a moderation. And I think that me being selfless at times in music in the past has led to my detriment in, in, in not achieving, thinking about other people and... You know, thinking like, okay, you know what? Let me just do this for this person and maybe they might return back a good energy. And, you know, sometimes we learn the hard way, but I would caution people to be precise with their energies. You know, because like, as I said, I could have done enough things, more than do it over. Still remaining clean at it, still being selfless, but being more precise about stuff and always put number one first, you know? So, um, yeah. But the label and my expansion is just me making sure that I play my part in the culture and, and, and not only talk the talk, but walk the walk, you know? So I, I, I can criticize and then we can actually say, yo, may I try and make a change by actually doing it or I've done it or in the process of, you know, getting it done. Yeah. Definitely. I know somebody like you too, you've always been a traveler. You'd see you in Europe, you'd see you in the States, you'd see you all over the place. Were you always in between like the States and Jamaica? Yeah, because um, I've been traveling to the States for uh, like 17 years. And um, be, because the management was also based in New York, that was part of me being very active, you know. And um, he was, as I say, network was very good. So I was getting into spaces and places where on a regular day, Without that team and that management, I would never would have have, have, have gotten on Westchester Reggae Fest performing with Shaggy and, and Capleton and all them people there, Irish Jamboree, all of them big shows that I run through from just touching on New York. I never see a club show until further down in my career when Bugle, um, me and Bugle got performing in um, Florida. And Bugle never did even have the number one at the time, but him did, you know, did I write for Elephant Man and stuff and um, him and Tani had up. And, him did have a network down in uh, Florida there also too. So him did line up the show and stuff. Me and Bugle go shell it down. 
the first time I say a club for myself, I'm touch my manager and I say, yo, me and all of them people that come out for and I say, yeah, man. I say, yo, I can't believe this. Because all of the rest of the shows that I go up on is like festivals and stuff. So, you know, it's never really just me. Yeah. Yeah. I keep it and them and shaggy them, them I come from. But, you know, it was, it, it has been beautiful. It has been beautiful. And, and I really feel like I'm going to get home forget all that music. But I am not bitter towards music. I am not one that is, um, you know, ignorant to facts and acknowledge certain mistakes when I'm making a music. And, but I never dwell upon them things because, you know, I'm a give thanks or I can get up every day. Still have the opportunity for go record. Still have the opportunity for write and create and stuff. And not a lot of people get to get up and live in their dream every day. You know what I mean? Ninety-nine percent of people got the job with them don't want to do. Me get up and live my dream every day. Travel over all over the world, interact with various type of people, and you know I forgive thanks for that no matter what. For sure. You know what? This conversation has been nothing short of enlightening. You understand? Because again, you see, you see people out there, they have these songs, we jump up here. Because a song like Talk, Hypocrita Talk, in my mind, that song is going to play until dance hall stops playing and probably even past that because of the topic, how it was put together. It's just that song. So you know you have that type of song in your pocket. But just to see the ebb and flows of your career and how you could articulate it, this was a very, very, very enlightening and interesting conversation to say the least you understand and we have barely scraped the surface because real and truly this most of the stories them where i can game i kind of move the, the timeline forward in ways because we know so the, the time kind of limited i think we definitely have to revisit the next interview at, at some point but there's 100%. so much we're not touched nothing yet I uh, know we're not talking about nothing near like we 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 could have this conversation for hours, you know what I say? And and still don't repeat anything because there's so much in me that I want to touch upon. But it has been a beautiful conversation. And you know, I feel comfortable speaking and expressing in another space here. And you know, it's very welcoming. And as I say, I've been a fan of your work, you know what I say? And that is the reason why me right as a connect right now, because you know, I say real and truly just respect the movement where I do. And we definitely I go revisit revisit this space, whether I go forward to Canada or I go do back a next zoom and things stuff. But I mean, you know, it, it has been good. And we just want the people to understand, say, Mr. Pepper, a lot of people might say, yo, a long time when I hear from them one day. And I do understand because, you know, people don't get them information and music from one channel alone, you know. So things is not how it is, you know, and the it is it, the onus is on we the artists to get the material out there to the fans them out there because they, them them have many choices you know what I mean? so but just want the people them know say oh, log on to Mr Pepper settings you know you can find me up on Instagram you know Mr Pepper music you can find me up on YouTube Mr Pepper you can subscribe you know listen to my EP we got good music on there you know me, me and Kibaka Kabaka Pyramid the Grammy Kid you know me and Vice Mail you know, my real general, them, me and a new artist, God, or my artist. So, you know, we are push the youth, them to the forefront. You can see a, a, quite a number of combination with me and that artist, God. You know, um, him is a very talented youth, and the youth, them just need strength. So, me, I me just play my part of my candle, you know, do a lot of combinations with him, and, you know, just try open up any avenue, me can, or any door, me can open up for him, you know. And, you know, we have other new music out there, you know, we have. Various, because Mr. Pepper is not a one-dimensional artist. You know, we have various topics, various styles, various flows, and 
There's some more stuff we want to talk about, some writing we may do for some various people right now, but you know, I kind of keep things um, on a little level. Me, even me, myself, advise the artist, you know, don't go telling people, you know, that I write this music and stuff, you know? Just well, not, not, not at this stage in their career, just not at, got you. Yes, that is exactly what I said. I said, listen, man, bring your levels to a level where it, when this topic comes up, it, it has have no repercussion in any bad way. You know, it is no negative to it. It's only going to be, wow. You know, so just go and work. We're not in the business for pat pan shoulder and hype and all these things. As long as my paperwork is properly worked out on the paper, then I don't need nobody to go out there and shout on a megaphone that Mr. Pepper wrote this, I wrote that, you know, but things that is out there, you know, we write tune with Bounty Killer, as not even with Bounty Killer, you know, any song when we do with Bounty Killer, we pen up everything, and Killer is that type of artist where um, him will help you nurture. So it's not like Killer, I have to take song from people, but if you was a writer, then Killer will help you develop a writing skill and come sing a song and highlight your writing skill and make the world know, say, you're a big writer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think these things are hidden from the public when time they are going to a certain degree. Like Killer, no go time way for hide them something. So you have to understand, say, it's a calculated move from FIMBA to do it purposefully because he can do it and nobody knows, say, you know. So me, do that, me approach it with that concept in my mind say you know just help people you know so if i can write and help people you know we just do that and 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 think killer is a man my love work with bounty me have a brand new tune for him when i write as a matter of fact it's even brand new this was written like nine years ago and if i sing this music for you right now you know you don't you think i write it yesterday but when killer sing i know it, about music <laughs> music is not old until it comes out you understand yeah, it's not, yeah, 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 definitely. It's never old until Pete comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Definitely. Listen, once we started this conversation, what you had said to me was one of your main inspirations was your mother. I know in 2021, your mother had passed. What was what was that like for you at that period in your life? I mean, the world was going crazy at that time, you know, COVID was, we, we was in the middle of the pandemic where everything felt different and everything looked different. And my mother has been, you know, battling the cancer, you know, over a past, past couple of months, the, 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 you know, before the passing, because she never got diagnosed and until like, um, it was like maybe like seven months before she died. Um, so nobody knew. And um, it was a difficult period. Cannot operate freely at the time. You know, my mom being sick and vulnerable, you know, we don't want corona and somebody maybe further complicate situations with coronavirus. Or, you know, so it was hard navigating in the space. Um, you know, I feel like, see, a mother in another state, it kind of, it kind of, Kind of, you know, I mean, it's like a world winner. Like, it's a constant dizzy feeling. It's like I can't plant my foot emotionally and steady my brain for dealing with the situation. It's just like a whirlwind in your brain. Like, it is constantly dizzy and intoxicated. You can't find yourself. That is how it feels losing a mother. You know what I'm saying? And it is a wound where it can't heal. It's something that. He's like, you can't believe it. It's unbelievable. You can't believe it happened to me. Yeah, I say, 
Who oh, listen to me and he's like a bag of question and things where you never did see. It, it, it was, it, it still is confusing, you know, because things still fresh, you know, it's, it's two years ago and, and things still fresh. And my mother was the one where um, me could know about love and, and, and affection. That was where me and my brother developed that from because my mom and my dad, we grew up in the household together and know about family structure. And soon as my dad gone, me and my brother jump over for them bed and jump on my mother's bed and my brother take one jaw, me take the other jaw and, you know, hand on her jaw, them, so we call that love, like, you know, and then mother say, she say, come give me some love. And, you know, kiss her up on her jaw because mother usually have like some nice cheeks and she do her skin care and um, stuff and them things. So after she shower, we like go kiss her up after she shower because she always do her skin care thing and all them stuff there. So my mother was a very affectionate person towards me and my brother. And I remember one day, um, my mother was, was leaving the yard and we was being rude. Me and my brother was being rude and stuff. And, um, she decided she's not giving us no love because every time she leaving the yard, like we just say, yo, one love. And that means a one kiss. So, you know, kiss mom and stuff. And this day she says, she not give no love. I believe me, me and my brother run behind my mom for like maybe two miles because we live like in a hill. But you know the road and stuff, I would run with her all the way down to the major communities, down up the ball, wall of wall of and all the neighbors and the community, you know, laughing and say, give the boy them some love, man. Give the boy them some love. You know what I say? So mom would have turned on and give her a little kiss and me and my little brother run gone and we know look a brief. No shirt and we know look a brief with a little elephant and giraffe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will look at an elephant, I will look at giraffe brief, and you know what I said? Run go back home, car. So that was the relationship with my mother. You know what I said? My mother always have that loving vibes. You know what I said? My father show loving her a different way. My father used to play football together and we run and, and stuff. Cause my father was an athlete, a football keeper, and he played football and Masters League. And you know, so it we grew around. Um, you know, a loving environment. And I was enjoying having both parents and can think back and say, boy, boy, I'm a feel blessed for have both of my parents. You know, so when I lose my mother now, it's like, I don't know, I don't know. It can't put in our words exactly. It's just a, a very unsettling. And it just is a feeling where you know, say, this now go settle. Mm. To the type of relationship with me and my mother I'd have, it's like it's hard for settle. You know, and I know say it's not healthy if you dwell in that kind of state, yeah? you know, I say you have to kind of rehab yourself out of the situation. But at times, I don't feel like I want to rehab out of the situation because I feel like I don't want to forget my mother. So I feel like I don't want to completely rehab out of the situation. I don't know if it sounds crazy or not. No, I totally, anybody yeah. that's been in a situation like you or is going through a situation, they understand. 1000% because I lost my mom when I was 14. So I understand mm. where you've seen this lady that's your hero. You see her healthy and strong one day. And then the last day you've seen her, she can't talk. Yeah. She can't remember you. She can't do nothing. She's just almost like in a vegetated state. You understand? So I, I understand what you mean. 1000%. Bob. Mm. And the helplessness will come with it, like the, the feeling, like no matter where you do, now nah, go make a difference. That was the worst feeling. Like, mm -hmm. if you see a mother lie down and can't move and you can't do nothing to care where you do, there's nothing in this world. 
You could go you and know, do that, 10 yeah. shows and make a bag of money and say, here's a million dollars right now. It's still not going to be. A billion dollars could have saved her. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So that, that, that is like the worst feeling out of thing when we can place my fingers upon is the helplessness of not being able to change the situation, you know? And um, you think about, oh, you know, maybe if we did pay attention more and, you know, it's, it's just crazy thoughts. And, and them things are still fresh because of two years and there's no getting over the mother situation when your mother connect that way. And even you at 14 year old, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. We was like mama's boy, mama, mother prepared breakfast and I press your clothes at 14. I go to high school and my mother and my father get up in the morning and prepare breakfast and one I press clothes. Meanwhile, we are get ready and you know what I said? So, I mean, you know, is I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Is is really, is really a tough subject to explain. It's like, I can feel, but I can't put it in a words. You know, man, that's for putting a words. Mm-hmm. Still kind of a little bit confusing. It's a whirlwind. I go on in my head, see me, and I never, bought, I never cried so much in my life for so much months and two years you now, I still have shed tears on my mother, you know? So, um, yeah, rough. Mm-hmm. Pepper, totally want to send my condolences to you and your family, and I totally understand what you're going through, even though two years, but two years in, in the bigger scheme of things is no time. You understand? That's no time. If you were born up until you're two, you're still you're still a little baby. So I understand that they say time heals all wounds, but you just gotta learn to live and appreciate every time that you'd spent with her and keep those memories fresh in your mind. And remember now you have like a super angel on your shoulder guiding you through life to hopefully help you navigate those rough patches that you go through. You understand? Yeah, man, give thanks, man. And, and, and I could say the same to the, to, to the ICA, man, because losing your mama at 14 year old, I mean, that's unimaginable for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lost my mama, so I, you know, I was quite a big man, a big man. Mm-hmm. You know what I say? So, and I'm mean, not angry proper. I'm mean, not deal with it good, but I mean, deal with it the best I can do. But internally, I know it already. You know what I say? But sure. You know, me, I just you know say, a man like you understand, and many more people out there, even, even fans out there watching this program right now, can relate to me to this type of feeling. I know it's something that's unexplainable, but we just have to learn to cope with it in our life and don't make it affect, affect with mental, you know, in any way that we can progress in life, you know? So conversations like this can be therapeutic and healing in ways, you know, relating with people that can totally understand where you're coming from. So, yeah, man. For sure. Pepper. We definitely, definitely have to sit down for some more of this journey because, again, you see people hear two nice songs and all, but you don't really understand how this person got here, what they're doing, what makes them tick, their experiences behind these songs. You understand? And this, you gave us a little, little, I could say a little glimpse. Yeah, a scratch at the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think this Next right time, here, may, it, uh, may I go, go, may I go get a more musical um, you know, musical dissected. You know, me, me like dissect the music and me like share my thoughts span while I go on and, and we're not touching none of them topic there. So we can leave that them topic there for a, a, a date where we know say, all right, then we can have back a next, you know, conscious talk again. And it, i mean we we'll be able to scratch the surface. We'll be able sure. to scratch the surface, I should say. You know what I say? But this is what happened when time good substantive 
conversations has been taking place. We have been recording for over three hours and we haven't talked about, we haven't dived deep into nothing, you know, and we have covered so much. <laughs> this is the intro to who Mr. Pepper is, you understand? This is the intro. Yeah, this is so, just a three hour intro, yes, right? Yeah, right. Until we get yeah. there. Definitely. So we're going to definitely make the fans them know, say, I'm going to make know, say, this, I'm going to be, there's going to be a series to me and this conversation, you know what I say, with muscle. So we're going to just look out for it. We don't know when, but we're going to make time speak for itself and we're going to make the energy speak for itself. But this is just the introduction. So it has been, you know, a, a, a quite interesting conversation. And 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 as I said, I have much more we want to talk about. And we just want to keep it locked into that space. You see, I said, Entertainment Report Podcast. You don't know of the whole dancehall, the whole reggae, the whole Jamaica, the whole culture up and blast. And, you know, we're sending it to the world fast, fast, fast. You understand? So muscle. You don't know, you know. Panda Grand, Panda Hustle. 100%. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here just for now, all right? Well, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out for now. Just for now. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinesmusicut.com.